There are over 1,000 UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. government has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top-secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies these as unusual airborne anomalies. But a better term is X-Files. Join us as Mac, Juan Juan, and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases. UFO incidents that even baffle the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. Uh, but I have to tell you, up front, girls, full transparency, the very famous Juan Juan is not here. He's going to be calling in later on, so you don't have to, you don't need your box of Kleenex tonight, if you know what I mean. But taking his uh, place over at his microphone, uh, the very famous uh, Agent X is here with us. Thanks for having me, Mac. And as I say, ladies, no worries. I'll take care of it all. Okay. You know, it sounds better the fourth time around. Thank you. Wow. That was only the second. X. <laughs> If uh, we should put out a blooper reel sometime, don't you agree? And we'll give the money to the orphanages or something because I think a lot of people would buy it. Absolutely. Okay, there you go. All right. I was waiting for that. Uh, also, on the phone with us, uh, we have a correspondent up there in the Bowl of Flakes, uh, Battle Creek, Michigan. Switchblade Steve Ward is with us. You know, hopefully those orphanages also have a collection box, you know, so they can actually make some money. But anyway, wait, wait, it's great wait, wait, to be wait, 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 here. Switchy, what are you insinuating? That we're not going to give <laughs> the money to the orphans? Well, it, it, you know, uh, the more um, different, uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, okay. you know, areas of contribution you can get, okay. the better. No Cobra says, when you're in a hole, stop digging. I mean, yes, I, okay. I did stop. It's uh, <laughs> it's only a down a few inches. Okay, all right. Well, that's what she said, but that's okay. Listen, so the um, entire world wants to know uh, what you had for breakfast this morning. Uh, and, and I got a feeling you're going to disappoint us. I don't know. I just got that vibe. Well, okay. I, I, I might disappoint you, but hopefully, uh, you know, uh, people will tune in next week and, and hope for the, you know, things get better. Uh, because today I had hot black coffee hmm. and a honey bun. Oh. Come on. What's the matter with you? What happened? I mean, uh, two weeks ago, you had a an omelet with mashed potatoes and, uh, you know, toast, and uh, you put whipped cream on it and everything like that. Now you're eating a, <laughs> you're now you're eating a cinnamon bun? You know, you What's just happened? can't. you got to have some kind of variety. I mean, if you, if you eat uh, a tasty omelets every day, you're going to get tired of tasty omelets. You think so? Yeah. Absolutely. And so you go to a cinnamon bun? That's your go-to? Well, that's kind of like uh, you know. Don't the uh, the religious people? Uh, what, what, what's that? Where they do? Where they they hurt themselves or they go? Uh, they endure great pain to prove their spirituality or something like that. It, it might be something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's called self-flagellation. Yeah, they are. Here's yeah, I was, I was gonna I was gonna say that, but I thought if I mispronounce it, I'm in trouble. Okay. Wow. Um, anyway, so. Uh, yeah, so uh, it just uh, you, you you're kind of disappointing us. You're kind of dragging us down here. Um, so next week, can you get some? Can you eat something fattening and greasy for us, please? No, no, this this, this it was it's <laughs> honey buns are not exactly uh, okay. high in protein. You okay. know. Okay. All right, all right. Now we feel better. So listen, 
uh, later on tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to have 10 questions for Juan Juan. He's going to call in. And uh, Switch is also going to do a segment uh, after we take a, a break on a haunted uh, U-boat, right, Dan Switchy? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we have a special guest in the studio with us, and I should say in our second hour, we're going to be talking to uh, Jason Hansen, who works with the CIA, and he has written a book about how you can use CIA tactics to achieve uh, you know, um, your goals in business or negotiations or whatever. So we got a bunch of questions. We've always wanted to ask someone who worked for the CIA, so stay tuned for that. But I should say that we have a special guest in the studio with us tonight, and one one's mad that he's not here live tonight. So um, we have to, what you have to do is come over here, special guest. Hi. You have to come over here and talk. Into hi, the- hi, everyone. This is Sandy Chang, right? Yes. Okay. And you are from Shanghai. I'm from Shanghai, China. I was told whatever I say would be cut off from the from the show. Eventually, it would be edited out. So really? I'm Who free to that? say whatever. Who told you that? So I was I was told I was okay. from a country. Whatever I was told, I believe. So. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So um, be- I believe whatever I say is safe, right? Why do you think? What? Why? Who, who? Who would you not want to hear what you say on the radio? Who would I? The what? I don't know what I'm going to say later okay. on, so uh, <laughs> we don't better, better to know okay. it's safe. Whatever I say, okay. it will be... You don't worry. You're okay. in good hands okay. with us. Good. Okay, great. Hi. Uh, Sandy Shang is here in the studio with us tonight. So why don't we do this? Why don't we take a commercial break? And we'll be right back after this. So you're listening to Mac Maloney's Military X-Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. X is here. Uh, Switchblade is here. We're going to be uh, hearing from Juan Juan later on. Ten questions for Juan Juan, and then we're going to be talking to uh, Jason Hansen, who is an employee of the CIA, who has written a uh, a book for Harper Collins, by the way. Uh, X, you'd appreciate that, right? Yeah, I do. And um, uh, he's going to be telling us how you can use strategies uh, with your CIA. And it is a business book, it's correct? Business book. Yeah. Well, uh, yes. you know, we'll see after he gets on this show. We'll see where it's selling. So. Um, <laughs> uh, Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back after this. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed. The Hampton Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Ong's Hat, and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America. Stay by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe with the forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Back everyone to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks Auto Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow. What a show we have for you tonight. But let me just tell you up front, girls, uh, the famous, very famous Juan Juan isn't here, but taking his place, you can hear him in the background. He's so excited. The very famous Agent X is joining us. Agent X. 
Thanks for having me, Mac, as always. Hey, well, you're hot for some reason. And uh, also, uh, Agent X is the guy who works for the agency that works for the agencies. Uh-oh, we might have to cut that out. Uh, anyway, so he's here with us. One uh, one is going to be calling in later on. On the phone with us, uh, we have uh, National Correspondent Switchblade Steve Ward, who just disappointed us in the opening segment when he said he only had a cinnamon uh, bun for breakfast. You know, kind of, I don't know. But uh, 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 Switch, thanks for joining us tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing good. After I'm, I'm just sorry you're so depressed. Well, not Meg. depressed. Just disappointed is probably the the better word. But did you put peanut so, butter or anything on it? Did you load it up with butter or anything? So you're not angry. You're just disappointed. Right. Exactly. Right. What? How many times have yeah, I heard yeah, that? Yeah. So uh, tomorrow maybe scrambled eggs, omelet, steak, and eggs, Paulson. Um. There might actually be some food in the house, uh, so I can, you oh, know, yeah. I might uh, uh, go up foraging uh, throughout the kitchen okay, and the right. cupboards and find something, or okay. refrigerator. Report you know. back to us on that, okay? So listen, also, um, we have a special guest in the in the studio with us tonight, uh, really gracing us with a presence, but you have to come over to a microphone that actually works. Uh, this is uh, Sandy Chang. Hi, my turn again. And uh, from Shanghai, China. Hi. What should I say? Um, you were educated at Cornell, right? Yes. And what kind of degree did you get there? So I got uh, two masters. One a master of science in molecular biology. Another MBA. Wow. Okay. All right. So molecular Whoa. biology. Yes. Right? Wow. Wow. Huh. So what can you tell us about molecular biology? <laughs> well, it was a long time ago, so I was doing all this kind of uh, nowadays kind of hot topic of a DNA uh, editing. Yes. And what, you forgot it all already? I know nothing about it. So, oh, okay. yeah, whatever you say. Whatever is cool, it's cool. Okay, so DNA, so you were into the DNA? Uh, yes, kind of thing? very much. Okay. Yes. And what, what can you tell us about DNA? Is everyone really the same? It's just a little twitch here and there? <sighs> it's hard to say. Uh, it's a big topic. Okay. If you give me two hours, I can talk. Uh, I, ha- I can have a two-hour sermon. Okay. Um, so... Okay. Uh, well, anyway, for Max, for, 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 for Max edification... That's dioxyrobos. Um, Thank you, Max. There you go. Okay. So, uh, all right. All right. So, hey, you never know who's going to drop by, you know. So, um, but this is a switch. Uh, This is uh, Tales from the Fringe. And uh, you have a story tonight about a haunted U-boat, correct? U-boat being the German submarines? Yes, absolutely. And uh, I went through my archives. And, you know, as, as we know, Fate Magazine, that great digest that's been out there for decades, I, I went through an issue from uh, uh, June of 1977, an article written by Raymond Lamont Brown called U-Boat 65, Forever Haunted. Okay. It's July 10th, 1968. Sven Morgens Larsen, that's quite a last name there, and his wife June and their two children. Now, they're originally from uh, Baltimore, Maryland, but they're, uh, they're sailing uh, and they're out uh, – they're sailing from Crookhaven in the Republic of Ireland and uh, aboard the Grey Seal, all right, seaworthy boat. And they're near the coastline of St. Clair. And then – uh, they they uh, uh, go along a place called Fastener Rock, and it's a it's an old little islet that has a, a lighthouse that was there from 1854. So they're taking in the sights. About 6:30 p.m., they're eating on deck, and all of a sudden they hear something like a muffled explosion, and they're looking at the water and seeing kind of a, an agitation or movement. Something's going on underneath, and uh, uh, the uh, they, they 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 so they're watching. 
and they see breaking beneath the surface uh, the the sail, or otherwise known as the conning tower of a submarine. We used to call it a sail, and the bow surfaces, and it's like an old style diesel boat. Okay, and uh, a couple of minutes, it's it's up, and it's it's they can see the sub, and uh, uh, shortly after, they they're looking at the at the bow, and they see what looks like a man standing on the bow with his arms crossed. He's in a naval style uniform. And he's uh, he's looking at this through the binoculars, and then the image of this man disappears from the sub. Now, all four of the family members, husband, wife, and the children, saw this. And then this submarine that just moments before seemed to be uh, solid and, and and you know making this this agitation and creating waves in the in the water melts away like a mist. So. They figured, what the heck's going on? Now, through the binoculars, he thinks he saw the numbers 65. So he decided to uh, to do some research when they when they finally got back. And he, he, does, he gets to – he finds a book on World War I in the John Hopkins Library. It turns out that uh, uh, late afternoon on July 10th, 1918, somewhere off Fastnet Rock – now, this is a small islet in the Atlantic at the most southerly point of Ireland – uh, the U.S. sub named AL-2, headed by uh, – captain by Lieutenant Foster at the helm, was patrolling at, at, at periscope depth, and he spots a German sub just on the water. Now, he's, he's – uh, it's in the distance. He wants to verify that it's an enemy target, so he tells uh, his men to get the torpedoes ready. And they're within 100 feet of this thing, and then they – they saw an explosion just in front of the sub, and then that this thing sinks out of sight. On the bow, Foster sees through his periscope a man standing there, and the figure figure another figure of a man with his arms folded. And this is uh, as the boat is you know consumed by the waves and it sinks. Uh, this image of the man disappears, and the AL two they dive. And they can still hear the the uh, the propellers of the enemy sub uh, just dis- uh, disappearing in the distance, or fading in the distance, I should say. So they had their they had their encounter in the same place that this other family did. Now, a little bit later, they're, they're, uh, Sven is consumed by this mystery. So in 1969. His family visited some of his relatives in Bavaria, so they decided to do some research at the Naval Archives. They uncovered another strange story. Uh, now, the, what they found was there was a real sub called the UB, that's, you know, uh, like under uh, book <laughs> 65, okay. in case you're not hearing my letters well uh, properly. to see Okay. We have an expert. Here. Yeah, there you go. That's better. Uh, it was a, a UB-3 class sub yes, built by Vulcan in Hamburg. Okay. And it was launched on June 26, 1917. So classic World War I diesel boat. Yes, yes. Captain Sheely uh, was the uh, commander. Now, this whatever this thing, whatever, whatever was going on, this thing was cursed from the beginning. As soon as the keel was laid, a heavy girder fell and killed two workers. Oh, wow. Okay. Some, some, that's not. That's just the beginning. Okay. Some weeks later, the UB-65 was nearly completed. The engine room somehow caught on fire, well, filled with smoke. Really? Three more men died. Wow. 
So they keep a lid on this as much as possible because that's all they need is a sub that is going to be commissioned and sent out to battle. Right. They don't want the man thinking that it's cursed, even though it seems like it is. Okay. June 1917, they're, they're, they've been launched. They reach their exercise area in the North Sea. They've got bad weather. They're preparing for their first dive. Uh, they sent a, one of the sailors. They, now, when we when we dove on the submarine, you know, of course, you check everything. Yes. You go. You have people. You, know, you want to make sure that Steve nothing's Houston. open. Obviously. Switch and, used uh, to be on a nuclear sub, by the way, right? Yes, yeah, so I was on a nuclear okay. sub. Okay. Uh, a little, little more. But anyway, they sent the guy. They sent forward <clears throat> to inspect the forward part of the boat. Uh, all this, they, they, he, he goes up there. He's very qualified. But then he stumbles. He cal- climbs out of the sail, the conning tower. And deliberately walks overboard. Oh wow! No, no explanation, and okay. he's gone. So they still got to kind of do their dive. So he has uh, some other men check everything out. Everything looks fine. They dive, perfect dive, and then they can't surface. They're stuck on the bottom for twelve hours. Oh wow! And water, salt water, starting to come in. And if anybody knows what happens, you know, all all bo- even nuclear submarines have these you know huge batteries for backup power. Right. And you got the you know the battery, the acid, the and so forth. And if it combines with salt water, you yeah. can create chlorine gas. Yeah, you're gone. Right. Now, now, yep. And I don't know exactly what the difference might be or the similarity between an old diesel boat and a modern day sub, but it's not good. Right. So they finally are able to surface, and these men are are, are near dead. Okay. Yes. Yes. Now, then. Who would, uh, who would get on evening. this boat? Really, when you really think about it, who would get even get on this boat? Which all the stuff well, that's see, happened that's, to them. That's why. That's why they kept it, the, uh, the the commanders, the, uh, the the people in charge. They kept all this stuff. They kept a lid on. Of course, yes. some of this has got to get out. You know how. Uh, uh, <laughs> Loose lips not only sink ships, but you know sailors can't keep their mouth shut about. I, I couldn't think, wouldn't think they could keep their mouth shut about a curse, or you know, allegedly a cursed hey, listen, boat. Switch. Can I interrupt you for a second? Because absolutely, we have, a, we have a molecular biologist with us here today, and I just want to ask you, come over here, please. Show next. So, so much pressure, Mac. I have no idea what's coming up, and I can offer no wisdom. That's what I can say. You have no idea what's going on here. Listen, if from a mo- molecular biologist. Bi- biological standpoint, a, a ghost real? Could they possibly be real? A ghost? Right. <laughs> Come on, you went to call. No comments. No, no comments. No nothing really. Okay, no. But is there any explanation? No, is there any- you have all the- Cornell and all that. I, I dare to offer nothing. No really? comments. Wow, okay. Wow. Ch- tell, tell Mac, say, say to Mac, <laughs> I know. That's my comments. line, no comment. <laughs> wow, you are from China. Okay, Are you saying but that? that's not all. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, we should be, I say this S- every S- week. We S- say Sandy, we it, it's, it's called ectoplasm. Ectoplasm. <laughs> it's well known. Okay. Biologists all over. Switch, please. Continue. So they, they return from this disaster and they, they make their repairs or whatever it is. And they're, they're loading a torpedo. The torpedo explodes. Yes, yes. Killing, killing the ship's second lieutenant and five enlisted men. And the total so far of deaths with this sub, this fairly newly commissioned sub, is 12 men. So one evening, the UB-65 still out there, the first lieutenant's in the wardroom. A petty officer bursts in, and he collapses. When he comes to, he claims he saw the ghost of the second lieutenant that died in the torpedo explosion. Another seaman verified it and said, yes, he was standing there with his arms folded. Two days later, one of those guys took off and never came back. He deserted. 
Okay, the UB65. Uh, but why, why, why would he desert, though, really, Switchy, right? Why? Well, I, maybe if he had listened to Mac Maloney's good... Military X-Files oh, every week, no, he'd be toughened have... up to some of this stuff. Well, okay. Thank you, Switchy. My good okay. Listen, what kind, let me just ask this. What kind of food, any idea, I don't know why I mean NASA's, what kind of food would they have on World War II subs? Not that good, right? One or two. Right up there. No honey bonds, no, I'll tell you. There's no honey bonds. Okay, that's all we need. It's a punchline. Actually, they had, for the first part of the journey, they had very good food. And then at the tour. And, and then it came down to yeah. the greatest part of their day was when they had a sip of apple juice. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Yeah, Especially I mean, the Germans. I read I read the stories about you know U.S. subs in World War II where they'd be under for so long, everything would be overflowing, everything, the garbage, the the toilets, the grease, the oil, and everything like that. And then when they would finally surface, they would turn, they would open up the hatch, and they would call it the uh, aspirin wind. No, the St. Joseph's wind, because St. Joseph's aspirin, because everyone's head, yeah, everyone had a headache once you had fresh air. It just went yeah. away, you know. So I can't imagine doing it in an old diesel sub in two thousand in nineteen fourteen. Really, more than a hundred years ago. But anyway, I digress. Go ahead, Switchy. Okay, so. Say it, it's it's still steaming, and it goes out, and it makes its first enemy kill. The lookout, right after this, the lookout's looking at the bow. Then the lookout's going to be stationed up on the sail, on, on the conning tower, yes. and he sees the apparition of Peterson, the second lieutenant, silent, not moving, and he even even yells at him, and the apparition slowly turns to look at him he can see his features it looks just like the guy that's buried off in some milit- in, in some cemetery somewhere wow and he is after he sees his features clearly he then slowly fades away wow uh, by by may 1918 they uh the uh, uh ub65 uh, is crippled pretty badly by from depth charges and after this attack the apparently there was a they saw like an eerie green light and throughout the vessel uh different men were seeing different uh several different apparitions appear and disappear it uh, was kind of like a kind of like a horror house mm. a uh a what a house a, a house of horror okay uh, uh-huh. i misstated get that. your mind out of the gutter mac no i didn't very different connotation okay Thanks. and uh after after the torpedo attack on July second, nineteen eighteen, yes. in the North Sea yes. from a, a British sub, yes, yes. actually the British sub G six, uh, they uh, they were reported they they continued they were to, to continue on to Bristol Channel, hmm. but after that at some point they were lost. Okay, and so by July thirty first, the German German naval headquarters uh, reported one of our submarines are missing hmm. and is presumed lost. Well, huh. and that was the last it was seen until Sven and his family saw this strange apparition break the surface. Wow, that's wild, man. And, and how many people on the sub? I'm going to guess it's probably about 50, 60, maybe? I think, I think it's about 30 uh, was running one of these things. They don't, I, I've been on, uh, you know, on one that uh, was, uh, you know, moored permanently so you could take a tour through it. Right. Uh, uh, but uh, there's not a hell of a lot of room there, boy. Right. And it's you know, we didn't have. Uh, I mean, we had a uh, hundred men on ours, but yes. at least we had a little, a little elbow room. But still, right, right. You know, you've, you've got a cruise mess that's used for 
entertainment, uh, meals, uh, training, everything. And you can't get everybody in that cruise mess at one time. Now, now here's the thing, though. I think that I've always thought that all navies, all sailors, anyone who goes to sea, they're very superstitious, right? So wouldn't word get around about this? And I, I would think so. I mean, there's no this article doesn't cover that, but mm-hmm. I can't believe that it, this this uh, this boat, even though the the command tried to keep a lid on it, I just can't believe that uh, the word didn't get out. Right, right. And how long was it in service? Did you say? Uh, you know, I I uh, it was just a just a couple of years, I uh, guess. Yeah. Uh, it was nineteen. 19- when it was first commissioned, uh, so it didn't last. It was long. just, just yeah, didn't, no, it was just very, very, very short. Well, you know, when you when you look at the, uh, I, I looked at the record of the U.S. Uh, subs, uh, yes. uh, diesel boats, and man, a, a high level of uh, casualties. Those mm-hmm. the guys that were on those subs. I, I mean, I, I had a, I was a picnic when when I was on a nuclear sub, the USS Billfish. Sure. The other guys were really out there risking their lives, and, and a lot of those guys never came back. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they had a lot of mechanics uh, going on in those diesel subs, you know what I mean? A lot of moving parts and stuff. Everything had to work just right or, you know, you were uh, going to be in trouble. So and if you had a fire or something, you know, you, you yeah. if you didn't contain it right away, you were screwed. You're gone, right. Switch, thank you very much for that interesting can report. I, in I, fact, we're going to give you – oh, well, X has a uh, question. I, I, yeah, I, have, I do have a question, Switch. Um, you stated earlier on that much of this adventure took part in – or just off the coast of Ireland, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Enough said. That explains oh, it all. No worry. The Irish got them? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Switch, thank you very much for that report. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to ask the audience to give you a round of applause, please. Thank you. I'm bowing right now and blushing. We can tell. Thank you, Switcheroo. And uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a commercial break now? And I think when we come back, we're going to be talking to the man himself, Juan Juan himself, and we're going to be doing 10 questions for one one. So you're listening to Mac Money's Miltrax Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft? Or is someone or something looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories, along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know, by Mac Maloney. On sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com.
Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mill Track Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. But let me introduce the members of the posse first. Okay, first, uh, girls, I warned you earlier in the night, but he is here. The very famous Juan Juan on the phone calling in. Hello, Mac. Hello, Mac. How are you? How Good. is everybody? Good. Just your voice alone. I'm turning down the lights a little bit, okay, for the mood okay. light? Okay. All right. How's my voice doing tonight? Wonderful. <laughs> so sexy. We got several oh, uh, emails. Got several emails thank about you. one sexy voice the other day. Well, thank uh, you very much. Also, there were some comments made about NPR, though. Uh, okay. So, Switchy. Already Switchy jumping on his introduction. I know. I have a voice for NPR. I've heard of that before. That's Switchblade, uh, Steve, up there in Battle Creek, Michigan, the home of the, the Boulder Flakes. And it's great to be here. Okay. All right. When's the last time you had some flakes, frosted flakes? Uh, yesterday. Oh, really? Okay. Now I feel a little better now, Switchy, because you just had a fun today. Um, also, uh, Agent X, the man who works at the agency, who works at the agency, he is here. And uh, in our studio with us is our special guest from Shanghai, China, is uh, Sandy Chang. Hi. That's the Hello, st- Sandy. How are yeah. you? That's the Hi. sound Hi, of one person coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank How many you, people everyone. in China? How many people are over there now? Six billion? One point four billion. Really? Yeah. Holy cow! Do they all know each other? Probably not, right? No. Okay. All right. I would say, Mac, that at least half half of those people would be a good audience for us. We, we oh, can really? convert all of them. Really? To yeah. Your yeah. Okay. All yes. right. Just start with do. one. Let's, let's have that as a vision. The long the longest journey starts with a single step. Who said that? You know. <laughs> I thought you knew. Why are you looking at me like? Right, anyway, let's, okay, whatever. We have a very special. Whatever, guest you're right. We are doing was it the Jesus. Most, yes, it was. It was someone ah, like that. Ah, right. okay. Confucius. Yeah, yeah, one of those two. So listen, we have um, a very special guest on the phone with us tonight. Uh, Megan Reagan from the Stabbing Galley is uh, here to ask ten questions for one one. Can we have a round of applause? Yay, Megan! Yay! Yay! She's here. How are you? Super duper. Okay. Um, um, so um, you have uh, 10 questions for Juan Juan, and I should just say that you are at the Stabbing Galley, that you are one of the bartenders there. Uh, Stabbing Galley is a seafood restaurant in Newport, Massachusetts. Uh, Newport is a tourist, I don't want to say a tourist trap, but it's a tourist destination, certainly in the summer. And there's a lot of restaurants there, but uh, uh, Stabbing Galley is really like the only genuine restaurant. Great seafood, great service, great bartender. And if you go in and yeah. order a uh, one one special, uh, you and get entertaining. a ch- chocolate martini mm-hmm. for free. Okay? Yay! So, um, so, Megan, thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you for okay. having me. So, we're going to cue the music now. Jeff, please. And uh, Megan Reagan, question number 10. Okay, if you were a porn star, what would your screen name be? Okay, if you were a porn star, what would your name be? Oh, boy, that's a tough one. It has to be some kind of play on words with my name. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she wants more. Oh, she wants she want more. more. <laughs> or one more time. One more, one, one more time, yeah. One more, one more time. Yeah, okay, one more time, okay. It's better than Dick Wrangler. Question number nine, please, Megan. Have you ever met a real spy? Have you ever met a real spy? They have one one. I think I might have without knowing it. Okay, next question, please. You and Mac are good friends, true? 
True or false? Oh, so true. Okay. So true. Go ahead. Okay, Ben, what's the name of his next book and when is it coming out? The name of his next book is probably uh, part of the Wingman series, book number 19. Oh, uh, man, you looked it up. Next question. Is, <laughs> just, no, I'm guessing. I'm just assuming. <laughs> next question, please. Megan Reagan. Wingman Saves China. It. <laughs> Love it. Next name. Do it, please. Wingman Goes Hawaiian. Okay. <laughs> next question, please. Megan Reagan. If- if you had one compliment about Cobra's wardrobe, what would it be? If if you had one, what is it? One compliment? One compliment about Cobra's wardrobe. What do oh. you like? You know, what's what stands out to you in Cobra's wardrobe? When he wears his helmet and face mask. <laughs> when he's meeting that's strange a, women in bars, right? You have to put okay. <laughs> in a bar, okay. in a public bar, Sandy. Right. Have you ever seen that the back whole, in the, the pilot? Get up. Is anyone coming in the pilot suit? Sandy probably hasn't seen that, but we have. Never. Hello, Megan. Megan, yeah. are you there? Okay. Has anyone ever come into the bar in a pilot suit or something very strange, you know, other than regular clothes? Um, there's this one eccentric guy that sometimes comes dressed as Elvis. Mm. Oh, yeah. Really? Yes, yeah. every once in a while. Yeah, guy? he's known around town. Wow, okay. He's a local guy. Apparently, he's like a millionaire, and he owns this really sick house, like, just down the street from Starboard Galley. Oh, but, that- yeah, he's like this eccentric, crazy, rich Elvis impersonator. That kind of wow, pink house cool. next to the Coast Guard place down there? No, it's not that one. Um, that's a Seriously, cool like, just a few. Yeah, yeah, that is a pretty cool house, yeah. but it's... um. A little ways, just a little ways down from Starboard Galley. You can't mix it. There's like a big Bentley in the driveway. Oh, okay. Uh, well, we won't miss that. Hey, if he has a million bucks, he can pretend yeah. to be Elvis anyone. So, listen, why don't we go to the next question, please? Megan Reagan, stop it going. What makes sense to you? A chocolate martini donut or a chocolate donut martini? Okay, what makes more sense? <laughs> ah, that's a good one. I think I'd like to try a chocolate martini donut. A chocolate martini donut. So you would have to soak the yes. chocolate donut in my no chocolate martini. And glazed donut. in chocolate. Yeah, gla- okay. Soaked yeah. in chocolate. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a chocolate cake base. Sandy, what do you think? Infused with uh, equals to a piece. Some great vodka. Okay, all right. All right, let's let's copyright that idea. Right. Uh, next question, please, uh, Megan Ray. Have you ever gotten your dogs drunk? Have you ever gotten your dogs um, drunk? No, but I was with somebody who had gotten their dog stoned by blowing smoke in their face, oh, which I thought was kind of What did of mean. he do? What did he do what after the dog he stoned? Did he um, split the atom? Just kind of rolled over. <laughs> just saying, you know, don't we all? <laughs> Maybe he's speaking wisdom. He just didn't understand. Uh, next question, please. Megan, <laughs> Um, is it true that your favorite X-rated movie is called Showerheads, number 13, <laughs> A New Beginning? <laughs> Showerheads, what can be done with them, yes. All right, next question, please. I love that concept. Megan Ray. When was the last time you were titillated? <laughs> last time I was what? Titillated? I think I'm saying it right. Yes. Like, turned yeah. on? Is that the word? 
Yes, it is. I'm going to look it up. Hold on. Okay. Please tell us the... Uh... I, I, I grew up near 8 Mile, and they used to have a lot of signs up there. Stimulate about, uh, or excite well, someone, especially in a sexual way. When was the last time I had that experience? Yes. Uh, it might have been in your neighborhood. Okay. Oh, really? Hmm. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Okay. Uh, next question. Next question, please. <laughs> Give up that for a bit. Uh, how long would it? How long would it take you to tell the story about you, Mac, the lesbian, her dog, and the deceased prostitute? <laughs> Oh, that could take a while. Yeah. Okay. The deceased <laughs> prostitute angle, too. Oh, so okay, yes, good. okay. Next question. We just put that in there for the purpose. <laughs> wow. Okay, this is the last question. Last you, question. Queen Elizabeth, and hot, gray, alien chick are on a life raft. Who, you only have enough food Food pills for two. Who goes overboard? Okay, so let's re- yeah. let's regroup. Okay, so you're on a life raft with Queen Elizabeth and a hot gray alien chick. You mm. only have food pills for two people. Who goes overboard? I'm sorry, but Queen Elizabeth. Really? As much as I love her. Um, okay. See you later. <laughs> and we have a large listening audience in the UK. You know that, right, Ginger? I know. Okay. All right. You've chosen wisely. Well, listen, thank you very much, Meg and Reagan, for joining us and uh, for this uh, edition. Thank you for having me. Meg, good job. And uh, we're going to give you another round of applause. Yes. Yay, thank you. And uh, here's your boss calling and saying everything is cool. So uh, we'll talk to you very soon, and we're going to take a uh, okay. commercial break right now. Cool. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Juan Juan is here. Uh, X is here. Switch is here. And also our good friend Sandy Chang, right from Shanghai, is here. So we'll be right back after this. Stay with us. Hey, Juan Juan, did you go to the beach a lot as a kid? Yes, Mac, I sure did. I have a feeling like as a youth, you were like the 90-pound weakling and that the bullies used to kick sand in your face. As a matter of fact, they did. I mean, I tried to pump iron back then, but I'd get pooped pretty quickly. Oh, my God. Look at you two girly men. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. What are you doing here? I'm here to make sure you read the ad copy for this fabulous new workout product called SPX that I can't endorse, but I'm sure works wonderfully. Hey, Arnold, what was that thing with you and the maid? Ugh, just do the ad. Yeah, man, nail and the maid. That's a little frenzy. That's it. I'm going to turn you into two Vienna pretzels. Cobra, Cobra save, save us. us! I'd be glad to, gentlemen. What the boys are trying to say is, this is a new energy drink that can give you the extra endurance you need to get through your daily workout. Yeah. It's called SEX, for Strength Energy Accelerator. It comes easy to use. Just mix a scoop with water and drink 30 minutes before you start your workout, and you find you can last longer and feel all around better after finishing your regime. Yeah. The mix comes in many different flavors. Of course, my favorite is passion fruit. Me too. And it can contains all the essentials you need to get over the top, whether you're trying to add muscle and bulk or just maintain your current physique. You could look like me. That's SCX, Workout Dietary Supplement, available only through Cadillo USA. Visit CadilloUSA.com for more details. That's C-A-R-D-I-L-L-O-U-S-A.com and get some sex today. Hey, what's going on in here? Pisto Pisto Pete, Pete, what are you doing here? I told you guys, no partying in the studio. What are all these dumbbells doing here? Hey, just because you own this place doesn't mean you can call me a dumbbell. Oh, yeah? Kick his ass, Pete. Come on. 
found them right here. SEX workout powder available only through CadilloUSA.com. Read instructions carefully before using. Should we have it do one more, <laughs> one more time in the Marilyn Monroe yeah, voice? Yeah. That we hear? Okay. All right. <laughs> Megan Reagan promo number two. Hi, I am Megan Reagan, the gang's favorite bartender. There we go. That sounded good. And you're listening to Ooh. Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. Oof. And now here's Mac and Ron Juan. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> And Max yeah. headphones just fell off. My headphones literally just <laughs> fell off. Wow. Okay. Where, where are you now? I have no idea. <laughs> hey, welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Miltrack Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have going tonight. But, you know, we are now at the segment that everyone wants, everyone craves. Everyone is uh, screaming for more. It's 10 questions for one one. Tonight we have a mystery guest, as always, asking the 10 questions. And what I'm going to do now, one one has been uh, in a sealed-off room. Now I'm going to give him the signal to come back in, and then we'll introduce the uh, mystery guest. On the line with us, too, is uh, Switchblade Steve Ward is with us. Switchy? If I can't wait to yeah. hear the 10 questions. Me neither. Now I have to leave the microphone and call for JJ. Hang on. Walmart. Big radio shows would have people that would do that for them, but we're not quite there yet. Here he comes, folks. Our hero is coming. Okay. Here he is. Taking his time. Just like any. Sorry. He just you he, he ambles in like a celebrity. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. He's sitting down, putting the cans on as they say in the biz. Okay, you're All okay? Right. You all right? There I am. Okay, you might want to open that beer there, my friend. I'm still working on this one. Okay, good. Um, so anyway, this is 10 questions for uh, one one. It is. Yes, it is. Okay, that's why you've been there for t- <laughs> in the other room for 20 minutes. Switchblade is on the line with us. Oh, he, yes. was, he was on the line with us. Uh, I'm and, here, I'm here. Okay, and um, but I, I got a feeling you lost uh, Mystery Guest. You still there, Mystery Guest? I am. Okay. All right. Uh, one, one, Who tonight. was that? Well, why don't we start the music right now, Jeff, please. Uh, tonight, the mystery guest asking the questions is uh, Kayla, our friend from up in Maine. Kayla. Your friend. Hello. Hi, Kayla. Hi, how are you? Excellent. How's it going? Good. Wow. Good. Another, Good to hear from you. Yeah, one, another one of your adoring fans, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Also going to be called a witness in the miniature house incident, but <laughs> I'll you said, don't bring that up. Anyway, so Kayla, you're going to be asking the top ten questions. Uh, ten questions for one one. Why don't we start? Why don't we this is your right second now? appearance, isn't That's it? That's right, yeah. Well, because so many wow. people ask, you know, when, is you gonna, when are you going to have Kayla back, you know, so. Right, they, they, people were writing saying that we had a good chemistry. Right, uh, oh, I agree. Yeah, really? Wow. Mac, Max jealous as all get out. Yeah, you're, you're buying everything this year. <laughs> I mean, right, really? Whatever. It is what it is. Anyway, I wouldn't mind, but you leave like a you know, a path of dis- destruction in your way. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's Hopefully go. Hopefully not a path of broken hearts. All right. Another show. Okay. <laughs> anyway, all right, why don't we start at number 10, okay? okay. Uh, Kayla, please. Um, we've already started the music. Let's go. Number 10, please. Right. 
Have you ever bathed with your dachshunds? Have you ever bathed with your dachshunds? Have you ever brought them? No, but I've slept with them. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, I got these wicked comfy beds on the floor that are awesome. Yeah. And I hang out with them. They kiss my face for a while, and then they go to sleep. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Great way to fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In between Uh, two two dachshunds, you can't... uh, we missed the third one still, but you can't beat it. <laughs> hey, we can edit this into something. Else. Okay. <laughs> anyway, please, number nine, Kayla, please. All right, Max's birthday is coming up soon. What are the chances of you buying him a happy birthday drink? <laughs> zero. Good chances. Isn't that song less zero. than zero? What kind of friend are you? That's what I say. Don't See, Max said zero. I didn't. Less than zero. I buy him she asked many rounds. Question. What kind of a friend are you? A super friend. Oh, I pick up every... Uh, no, I mean, uh, he won't even let me drive his car. What do you want to let what? me drive your car? I know it. Okay. Question number I, th- I think I'm coming around on that, though. Okay, yeah. Six months later. Go ahead, please, Kayla. Please. All right, do you miss Cobra? Do you yes. Miss Cobra? Yeah, we all do. What the heck is he doing? Boy, I wish I could tell that story about him. <laughs> the person who asked the Cobra today and how they wanted him a doing when they saw him. <laughs> Yeah, we, remember back that far? I do remember that. Right, next question, please. Okay. Have you ever dated a nurse? <laughs> mm, I'd like to, but you, no. Okay. Okay, you're in something nurse? about nurses. You're in nursing school, right? Um, tr- yeah, okay. pre-nursing. Okay. And what's Almost it like? Is it, is it icky? Um, not yet. Okay. I'm hoping it will be. <laughs> Oh, you want it to be? Icky? I like, yeah, I like gross stuff. So Whoa. she likes gross. <laughs> that explains the chemistry. So she can't wait till the class that's that uh, deals with uh, drawing blood and uh, inserting catheters. Right. Right. Wow. Forward to it. Wait a minute. Let's see. Start. I knew it. This might be an extended version of Ten Questions for Georgia. <laughs> what, 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 what what appeals to you about the grossness of it? I don't know. Just um. The human body is just so interesting. So it is. It is. It is so yeah. I like to help people, and wow, I don't know. Okay. I like watching Doctor Pimple Popper, and um, yeah, another okay. one. Yeah. All right, okay, like gross stuff like that. Wow, I never thought I was going to hear the words inserting catheters. No, I know. <laughs> And that's our secret phrase of the week from next week. <laughs> Emergency blow is next. You know, there's, there's a nurse. Kayla's a nurse that's going to really do a great job if, if you're into it at that level. Right. Right. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Okay. Well, we should probably move on. Uh, what's the wow. next question, please, Kayla? All right. If your hero, Keith Richards, reads Mac's best-selling book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, on sale everywhere, then would you finally read it? Would you? <laughs> would you? <laughs> Of course, if I can read his copy. <laughs> Next question, please. Oh, the signed copy. Wow. Yes. Yeah, right. Yes. Yes. The, with uh, a note, with a, a love note attached to it. Yes. Okay. Next question, please. Um, have you ever heard from the attorneys? Heard back from your attorneys? My attorney about what? Yeah, next, exactly. <laughs> Next yeah. question, please. I'm clean, man. Yeah. Nothing going on in my life. That's the I'll say. How uh, many chocolate martinis have you consumed in one morning? Ooh. How many chocolate martinis? If I made a good one, it would be a lot, but fortunately I don't know how to make them. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, but in the, in the evening. I don't think. Oh, I see. Okay. In the no, evening, yeah. different story. Yeah, right. Yeah, they don't look hard to make, but. You just can't do it in the morning. It's vodka and Hershey's syrup. <laughs> right? Or, or Bosco. Bosco, right. In the, cheap Bosco? Pla- in the cheap places, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I love that stuff. I put that on everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. 
Um, <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> we better go on the next question. <laughs> so, what's your problem with Kanye West? Kanye West. What's <laughs> Kanye West, who? Yeah, no, you're yeah. supposed to repeat the line. Never heard of him. <laughs> Keith, just, okay, um, is that the last question? That's a question? good shirt. What question are we at? Uh, number two. Oh, number two, okay. Okay. Do you get on your knees every night and thank God for the blessings you have received as a result of the 10 questions for one yes. radio bit? <laughs> you better. Yes. I don't wait until I get on my knees. I, they start in the car. You, you should. <laughs> wow. It's great. Uh, please, uh, number one. All right, you, me, and Cobra's miniature horse are on a life raft. <laughs> okay, so There's it's little. It's, the miniature it's you, Taylor, and the horse. Right. Okay. Yes. Right. There's little food. Who goes first? Who goes overboard? Well, I already went overboard a couple of weeks ago. No, no, you have to stay. You have to navigate the <laughs> lifeboat. Uh, I'm afraid the horse is going to have to wow, go overboard. I know okay, that'd be. Well, oof. Um, yeah. Well, there's a split. Sad. Hope Cobra's not listening to this right now. Yeah, no, probably not. He'd kill me if he heard this answer. Yeah, you ain't kidding. But you know, mm-hmm. hey, no, uh, he wouldn't. No, you. It's hot. a choice between exactly. the, the miniature horse and Kayla. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> but he would prefer that it was me. <laughs> but I went, Cobra. I can't do that because I went overboard weeks ago. How many times do I need to go overboard? That phrase is going to start the blooper show. Not the one I was talking about with the hot dog and the bun. That, you just... Well, Kayla, thanks very much for uh, Kayla, joining Kayla, good us. job. Yeah. You're very welcome. Great thanks job. for having me. a surprise. Is there snow on the ground up there in Maine? Yeah, we're supposed to get some, I think, on Friday, oh, wow. and then a big one on Sunday. Oh, wow. But, okay. yeah, it's iffy. Okay, all right. I think everybody's going to get that one. Okay, so on why don't we... On Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Because the people will be listening to us, it'll be about June by the time they hear this star at this show, right? I hope not. So why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break now? And uh, thank you for Kayla, to Kayla for uh, the 10 questions. Kayla, thank you very much. Well, was, You're was, very welcome. He was shocked. And uh, he is now, his head is now spinning 360. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, thanks for joining in the hilarity of it. Uh, my pleasure. And uh, uh, inserting catheters is still running in my head. Wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that just came out, too. Yeah. Well, not if you put it in right. <laughs> Boom. Right. It's a little bit of a nurse out there. Yeah, right? Is there any humor? Do you, any humor in the hospital? I know that there is uh, like a slang that they use in hospitals. Like ice pick means forget about it. <laughs> he's, he's gone. Like bedpans in the freezer. Big bit. Yeah, what's that mean? Uh, that means you, you know, you, you put it in the freezer and then you... Give it to your patient. That oh, you I don't see. like. Okay. Oh, and all right. You know, not funny, but it took up eight seconds. So why don't we uh, take a break now? We'll be right back after this. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed. The Hampton Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Ong's Hat, and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America. Stay State by state. 
You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with the forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks File Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. It's been uh, crazy so far. Let's see how crazy we can get. Uh, on the phone with us, uh, first of all, let me introduce the members of the Posse Girls. Uh, joining us through the magic of uh, telephone, very famous Juan Juan is here. Hello, Mac. How are you tonight? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, you know, fun show so far. You're here in spirit. Okay. Now, is uh, Switch with us? Is Switch, are you there? You bet I'm here. Okay, yeah. Uh, he's up and, here in the, and glad to be here. The Bowl of Flakes, uh, you know, Battle Creek, Michigan. He had Frosted Flakes yesterday, but he had a cinnamon bun this morning. <laughs> Sorry you had to hear that one, one. Okay. Good for you. Your, Good for you, Switch. Was your feminine side coming out this morning? Is that what I should have? No, I'm, uh, listen, I'm far too macho to have a feminine okay, side, okay? Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, also uh, in the, audience, uh, in the uh, studio with us tonight is uh, X. Uh, who doesn't want to be identified any more than that. And also our very good friend from Shanghai, Sandy Chang, is with us. Hi, everyone. Hi, Sandy Chang. She's going back to Yay! the you? Okay. Yep. The first she said to me in the pre-interview that uh, I hope she, she says, I hope I don't get stopped at the border and is questioned about you guys. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that's very, that's Guaranteed. Very that's gonna, that, would take, that would take a lot of explaining. We could use oh, the man. She'd be doing a hard time if that happened. Hi, this, joining us on the uh, phone, though, is our uh, guest tonight, uh, Jason Hansen. He is someone who uh, has written a book. He was in the CIA, and he has written a book um, about how to use uh, the techniques that he uh, learned in the CIA, how to use them in real life. So, Jason, first, uh, welcome to the show. Let's give him a round of applause, please. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me. Okay. Where, where, are, you? where are you in the, this part of the country? I am in Utah. Okay. Oh, Utah. Okay. All right. Uh, listen, a uh, uh, very special guest celebrity walked in. So we, don't don't stop for me. Yeah, we have to catch him while he goes. This is uh, Pistol Pete Falcone, the owner, co-owner of the uh, Mega Communications Empire. Thank you. Okay. All right. It's a pleasure pleasure to be here. Yeah. Hey, Pete. Uh, uh, awesome, thanks. Jason Hansen is on the phone. He's um, he used to work for the CIA. Have any questions you want to ask him? Mm, Maybe if they uh, have your name and file I, I, or anything. Erase the part that had my name in it. Okay, then. there you go. Okay, yeah. Make a pistol <laughs> Yeah, too late. You know, too late. All right, <laughs> carry on. Okay, thank you, yes, pistol. All right. Okay, here he goes. Without him, we'd be nothing. Uh, so listen. So you, um, how long did it take you to write the book? I'm sorry. Uh, you know, this is many books are in the works for years. I mean, you have the idea, you just get it down. But once I started like started writing, it took me about a year. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Okay, and it was miserable, miserable experience. Correct? <laughs> You've written a book before, haven't you? Oh, yeah, a few. But isn't it isn't it a real pain, really, when you have to sit down and, and you, you write in chapter one and you go, now what? 
Well, yeah, because you got to make it flow. I mean, I, I know my skill set, like the back of my hand, but when you put it down on paper, it's got to be logical. It's got to make sense. Yep. It's got to flow well. So, yeah, it's, it's different from just giving a speech to put it down on paper. It's a challenge, right? Yeah. Okay. And this was your first book? No, I've written several books, okay. but this is my third book from a major publisher. Okay, cool. Yep. Okay. And how long have you been? We can uh, Hopper Collins, right? You're published by Hopper Collins. That is correct. This right. book, yes. Yeah. And how long have you been with them? HC. So this is um, this is the first book I've done with Harper Collins. Okay. The previous two books I did with Penguin Random House. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> my <laughs> friends. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this: from author to author, when they bring you out to lunch, who? You know, who brings you to the better restaurant? H.C. Come on, You know, it's, it's funny. So uh, Harper Collins, all, all the deals been done over the phone. I mean, I have not met anyone in person. Oh, so, yeah. But I, I will say that Penguin Random House always did take me to nice restaurants yes. and put me up in nice hotels. So yes. I'll give them that. Yes, yes. Okay. Yep. I've been to uh, the best restaurants in New York because you go out with the editor and it's his excuse to go, you know. He's just bringing you, everything is written off and I've gone to some really nice restaurants because of them. But you should, when you come into town now uh, to actually meet the people at HC, you know, you got to stay for a week or so, I would think it would be right. Okay, five or six dinners, at least breakfast, you're lodging, right? Yeah, yeah, correct. Now, now you got me nervous though. Is this going to be better or worse? So I'm not sure what to, what to look forward to. <laughs> Actually, you're, you're a, you know something about this business. If they treated him right, should he be worried? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, but my, but my, my point is, wait a minute. I thought where you came from, I spent a lot of time in miserable, horrible places yes. lying in the mud. Okay. And I wasn't five days in New York City being wined and dined. Well, you know, we all have a Just different kinds of with you. <laughs> so listen, uh, Jason, how, how long were you in the – you are no longer in the CIA or you're still employed by them? No, no, I'm, I'm no longer with them. I was with the agency from 2003 to 2010. Okay, all right. And um, can you tell us what you did? Yeah, I mean, I can give you the 30,000-foot view. I was in the protection industry, you know, uh, surveillance, yada, 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 yada. So okay. there you go. That's what I did. Okay, all right. And, and you know, I, I think a lot of people, um, uh, you know, we'll talk about the book in a minute, but I think a lot of people, for me, um, it seems like they want to know how do you get in the CIA? What do you have to? What do you have to do to actually be, um, uh, you know, hired by them? I, I know to win the FBI, I think you have to be an attorney, or you have to have gone to law school. No, isn't that once the uh, criteria? Okay, so it you, used to be an accountant or an attorney. Not oh, okay. now. All right. What do you, What do you have to do before you even can you know get in the front door of the CIA? Well, I mean, it's a long process because you're getting your top secret security clearance. So. I want to say it took me about 12 months from the start to actually getting hired. Um, you got to obviously fill out a gazillion pieces of paperwork. So they run your background check. They go interview friends and family. You've got to pass a polygraph, which is a very extensive lifestyle poly. Oh. You've got to do a medical check. You've got to meet with a psychologist and make sure you're not nutso and fill out the like 600 questions yes. um, where they see if you're crazy. So, you know, over several months, it, it takes a lot of time, so it's a very thorough process. Mm -hmm. Okay, and and then you know, um, is this something you always wanted to be, or did it just seem like a good career path? Or so I was born and raised just outside of Washington D.C., okay. and that meant every government agency was in my backyard. So I applied to a bunch of government agencies, and I was lucky that the Secret Service and the CIA offered me a job, and I 
figured the agency would be a little more exciting. Okay. All right. Yep. And was it? Was it? Did it work out? Yeah, that it was way? good. I mean, it's a it's a great place to work. I have nothing bad to say about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a single man's game. So sure. if you want to have a wife and kids, it's a tough lifestyle long term. Okay. I asked before when I knew you were coming on. Um, I uh, just kind of went around the circle of friends of the show and I asked them to send me questions. You know, questions you'd ever want to ask a CIA employee. Can I just ask you a few of them just to get them out of the way? Then we'll talk about your book. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, here we go. Now, these are from fans. They're not from me, okay? Um, <laughs> uh, do you or anyone you know in the CAA have a rocket belt? Have a rocket belt? <laughs> Man, I I had some cool gear. You know, I had guns and knives. Come on, no rocket belts. <laughs> okay, all right. How about a time machine? Oh, man. Well, if I had one, of course I couldn't tell you, but oh, it, right. it, nobody ever showed it to me if it's hiding somewhere okay. in the, the CIA headquarters. All right. How about knockout powder? Knockout powder. That's interesting. I don't think it's a powder form if it did exist, okay. but perhaps, maybe, something like that exists. I don't know. Um, you know, what, what kind of, I like this question, what kind of new surveillance stuff would scare you? Well, I mean, electronic surveillance, if you're walking around with your cell phone, if you're plugging it into any public devices, that can get hacked in a heartbeat. Okay. Um, I, I use a flip phone, so I'm old school. I don't text. I don't do yeah. any of that. Cool, Mac. I, I have a flip phone. Mac is on. Yep, I have a flip phone hey, as Mac, well. Hey, Mac, I have a question for him. Yes, please. One, one. Jason, have you ever worked with James Bond? Come on. If I told you, I'd have to kill you. There you go, Mike. I do it. He's been waiting to ask you that forever. So uh, <laughs> he was a weenie anyway. Don't no, worry about it, Jason. I mean, what what happens when you go to see movies like that? You know, James Bond way back when. But I mean, is we we we're almost we have to assume that it doesn't bear any kind of sense of reality, right? Correct. If they if movies actually depicted what spies did all the time, nobody would want to buy the tickets to see the movie because. Why? It, you know, it's 99% boring behind-the-scenes hard work and 1% exciting. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Uh, like combat, I, I, in a way. But but I, I have you, a question yes, kind please. of along those lines. Switchy. Uh, I, I know we know, you know movies and film have all kinds of fun with betraying the CIA. What about the uh, our establishment media? Are there any things that in the media report as true, generally speaking, about the CIA that just make you cringe? Oh, that is a great question. I mean, I'm trying to think what the media has reported lately about the agency. I mean, of course, they get most of it wrong because they have no idea what's going on. Um, And that's the way it's supposed to be. I mean, you can't have the secrets out in the open. So, yeah, nothing's jumping to my mind right now. Right. Okay. I mean, is uh, this is going to be a loaded question for you, but is the CIA apolitical? It is. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be. Of course, you know, we all – we all have somebody we voted for. But, yeah, when you're doing the business, you don't care who the president is. You may not like the president, whoever it may be at the time. Sure. But it's it's still your job is to protect the country, and that's the only thing you should care about and do. So, yeah, it is, it, you know, I'd say it's the majority apolitical. Okay. Uh, now, this is from a friend of mine who used to work for the FBI. He did 23 years in uh, Quantico. Is that the name of it? Mm-hmm. Quantico, Virginia? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I'm just going to read you literally what he wrote to me, okay? <clears throat> when those CIA humps bug a room and lovemaking begins, do they shut off the equipment or do they let it keep going? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'll just speak from um, 
guessing, meaning I'm not speaking that I know anything. I've been a part of anything. Okay. But if you're running on surveillance, you're not going to turn it off. You need to hear okay. what's going on because sounds like a you yes. know what if what if they do that just to get you to shut it off and then they start talking about what they're really going to talk about. So okay. you, you want to have surveillance going the entire time. Hundred percent surveillance. Now listen, uh, in our studio with us tonight is someone who is a citizen of China, right? What do you think about all yep. this uh, talking on uh, Sandy? Get right on the uh, microphone there. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm, I and I'm scared to be honest. Why? Because um, I, I keep on thinking about you know the uh, when you think about when you talk about a political, that's a big topic. I I, I I'm taking all the calls about you know what's the majority of people. Mm-hmm. We. A president may not representing the majority of people, and then that's a big topic, right? Of what you're representing, right? I can imagine if I'm on your shoes, it's a, it's a hard choices, and then giving the what U.S. is doing in the in the big globe nowadays. Yes. Yes. What, what's your take? What's your view? You know what's you know when you're looking and what. We get it, yeah, this is uh, Macaloney's Military Express show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We're talking to Jason Hansen, uh, formerly of the CIA. He has written a book. Uh, X is here. Our friend Sandy Chang is here. Juan Juan is here. And also Switchblade Steve is here. Um, so uh, are you saying that it would be kind of um, – you wouldn't be able to do this in China, talk to someone who used to work for them? I, I wouldn't, and I appreciate the opportunity, but and then uh, at the same time, I, I'm thinking more, because I was a Chinese, but I ed- got edu- I was lucky enough, I got educated in China, uh, in U.S., in yes. the graduate school, in the Ivy League, or whatever. Right. So I knew both cultures. Yes, sure. I was thinking more about the future of the humanity as a globe, okay, rather yeah, than yeah. a certain country. Oh, yeah, okay. All right, yeah. That's why... Um, as a CIA agent, I don't know. I I would be in a very difficult shoes if I if I if I'm putting on your shoes. Okay. So of when you, you talk about a, a political, it's more than this president. Right. right. Okay. It's right, sure. beyond this country. Sure. Okay. All right. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. So. The country and the government are two very different things. So yes. I think the I think all governments are train wrecks. The U.S. government is the best government in the world, but it's still the best train, a mess. The so, best train wreck. Okay. I agree. Right. Good name for a book. But I love this country, and so if I'm working for the CIA, it's because I want to protect the freedoms. I want to protect the United States of America. I want to protect you know our Constitution and what our founders you know created. Yes. So. So that's, you know, that's what I think is I want to make sure we're uh, promoting freedom, that we have all our religious liberties and all that kind of stuff, because, you know, presidents change, governments change, it gets bad, it gets good, yada, yada, yada. But uh, you, you still got to make sure the country is safe and, and you know, our, our Bill of Rights and everything is standing where it should be. Is it harder these days than it was, let's say, 20 years ago? Good question. It, it all depends who the president is. When you get a Republican president... They are more willing to spend money, more willing to put boots on the ground, which is how you really collect intel. Yes. And they're more aggressive. Yes. Um, when you get Democrat presidents in there, they're basically wimps who don't like to spend as much money. They don't <laughs> like right. to put as many boots on the ground. So, you know, and this is this is not a political thing either. You talk to anybody at the CIA, Republicans come in, gather more intel, country's safer. Democrats come in, they try and pull back the reins yep. and say, let's use satellites. Let's use signal oh, intelligence. And it just... Yeah, yeah. 
It doesn't work as it's good. It's not the same. It's not the same. I, I have to agree yeah. with you there that, you know, they should never, ever cut the budget for intelligence agencies. They shouldn't because then you have to, like, start at ground zero again, you know, when you say another another um, a Republican comes into office and you shouldn't have to start at ground zero. Actually, you shaking your head because you agree? I I have not heard the context. Sorry. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, what do you think about the Sino-China, Sino-U.S. relationship? Given this represent one third of the world population, and uh, I don't know, more than half of the world economy. Do you think? I mean, is it, are they our next enemy? I hate to put it that way, but I mean, it seems like we're. Yeah, she she's not going to like my answer, but China is our number one threat. Wow, and that's because they can they conduct more espionage against the U.S. than anybody else. So everybody thinks it's Russia or it's Iran or it's, no China by far is they try and put their tentacles in everything. So whether it's the universities, whether it's you know uh, coming over, sending their kids to be doctors. I mean, you can't trust anybody that comes over because the vast majority are spies. By the way, I'm one of them. I'm not. I'm not a spy. <laughs> I love this country as you are, wow. as you love oh, this country. Okay. So somehow we have to bring UFOs into this. How are we going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> our, um, let me go to some more questions from the audience. Okay, uh, let me uh, tell that we're on parallel. Okay. Um, Chill Have you ever seen any evidence at all? Come here, come here. Yeah, come here. We're in the USA. Get away. Yeah. Have a swig. Of UFOs. Do you? You know, I have. I have not. I don't even have any good stories to tell or anything funny. So yeah, I, I can't. I can't vouch for UFOs at all. Okay, but but do you believe in them? You know, yes and no. Meaning, do I think there are other worlds out there with? With life forms, absolutely. But do I think little green aliens have been spotted around and all that? No, I don't believe that. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. Another question. Um, how would you rate Putin as a spy on one scale of 1 to 10, 10 being very good? From what I know, he was not a good spy, but he's just a master of, you know, making himself seem much bigger and powerful mm -hmm. than he is. So. Right. So I guess he's a good manipulator, but wasn't very good at spycraft. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people, they want to say uh, Putin was head of the KGB, but he wasn't. He was, you know, he was an officer in the KGB that just politically saw, uh, uh, you know, an uh, opportunity and took it. And then here he is, right? I mean, he was Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't like a top dog. He wasn't like a legend or anything of the KGB. Yeah, I think he was just an uh, average officer who happened to see an opportunity and you know, snatch the heck out of it. Right, right. Uh, but doesn't, um, you know, doesn't it seem to, uh, you know, kind of follow form that someone at some point is just going to give him the, uh, you know, poison in the coffee or something like that? Isn't he, I mean, how, how else do you end your reign over there? Someone either deposes you or they shoot you, right? Yeah, I mean, he's been at it a long time. So as corrupt as Russia is, he is clearly doing a good job of, of keeping dissidents down and not letting anybody get to them. Right, yeah, staying on top in a way. And and is his his whole idea is just to make mischief? Is that the angle behind yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're communists. They want power. They want everybody to believe their way. They, I mean, they're all power-hungry and trying to repress people. And it's like any communist country or socialist country. They're all the same. Mm -hmm. uh, well, so um, why don't we do this? Why don't we uh, take a, a break now and we'll come back. And talk about uh, Jason's book. Our guest tonight is Jason Hansen, 
a former employee of the CIA. He has written a new book. And name of the uh, the title again, please, Jason. It is Agent of Influence. Yes. And the mm-hmm. subtitle is? How to use spy skills to persuade anyone, sell anything, and build a successful business. There you go. On HarperCollins, a uh, big publisher, uh, you'll be able to get it, uh, did you say June 4th? Yep, June 4th is correct. Okay, and, and uh, we want to say uh, most people would go to Amazon to buy it, but um, what does the publisher tell you to? I mean, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble, any major book publisher yeah. has it. Cool. All right, that's great. Hey, listen, uh, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Money's Miltrax Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft? Or is someone or something looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories, along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know, by Mac Maloney. On sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Hey, I am Megan Reagan, the gang's favorite bartender, and you're listening to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac. And one one. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Miltrax Files Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have going tonight. I should just introduce the members of the posse. Very famous one one is here through the miracle of Bell Telephone. Bell Telephone? Remember him? Hi, Mac. How are you? Good. What's he, up in the bunker, the Archie bunker? Up in yes, I am. Lake Wimpasaukee? Okay. All right. The dog's nearby or no? They were. They're being uh, taken care of by uh, relatives. Okay, excellent. Otherwise, they'd be barking and wanted to be part of the show. Good to know. Um, also on the phone with us is our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Watt, up there in uh, the Bowl of Flakes, Battle Creek. Great Michigan. to be here. Great Oops, to be here. I, I stepped on my okay. line there. You know, you know, the man on the way up. That's what happens. Uh, what's new with you? You're, um, you know, you're going to be a uh, speaker at different conferences. You're working on a book. You get your own show. You're doing a gig with uh, Emily, right? Yes. Wow. Uh, occasionally, uh, Emily is on uh, my show. We we do uh, with our my producer, kind of a roundtable. Yes, yes. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. And wow. Emily was interviewed a few weeks ago. Okay. And uh, did very well. You know what's funny, one one that he hasn't asked what? us to be on his show. Don't you think that's odd? Well, see, I'm I'm, I'm kind of kind of working up. I mean, it's kind of you know, okay. I mean, the guys I. I work with all the time, and you know, Max, my boss. It's like you don't you don't ask him to do it the first show. You kind of you know try and get better at it, so yeah, you don't you know flub it. I think he's trying to find his audience, yeah, Mac, right, yeah. and then when he does, okay, he'll uh, 
He'd rather pull hurt, us in. He'd rather hurt our feelings. Okay. Right. <laughs> he'll, pull, he'll pull us in to reach a certain demo, and then uh, awesome. Hey, you know, uh, when you're pulling your way up, you can't worry about people's right. feelings, Mac. Dylan, the That's back right. of the limo. That's right. Also in the studio uh, is Agent X, the guy who works for the agency. He works for the agencies. There he is. Thanks for having me. Okay. And also um, a good friend, Susie Chang. At, why Susie. Why do I want to call you Same. Susie Chang? Wasn't that I the name know. of a movie? Sandy Shang. Susie, Susie. From Shanghai, China. She's going back tomorrow. Uh, on the phone with us, though, is uh, Jason Hansen, who is a former employee of the CIA, and he has written a book, How You Can Use CIA Strategies in you know, in Your Business Life. So In everyday life. In everyday life. So, um, uh, Jason, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you're out in Utah, but you grew up in the Washington, D.C. area in like, kind of like the, gov- the world of the government. Why did you – how did you wind up in Utah? So I was born and raised, you know, maybe eight miles outside of D.C. And, man, sick of the traffic. Uh, yes. oh, it was based on the Beltway. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. The traffic uh, is the worst. I've been, I've been in L.A., <laughs> New York City, and, man, Washington, D.C. traffic uh, is the worst. It's awful. Worse. Yeah, it's terrible. So now I live in a small town in Utah, about twenty-five thousand people, mm-hmm. and I can get anywhere in ten minutes. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm never going back to a big city. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I agree. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, and I'm from Boston. You know, we grew up with traffic jams, but nothing is like DC. So, what gave you? We uh, take pride in our traffic jams, don't we? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so um, everything they say about Boston drivers is true you know what i mean you know some people think that's a myth boston drivers are like the worst drivers on the planet so anyway uh so what gave you the idea to write the book now you you were with the uh cia was it 2003 to 2010 correct okay and then and then what did you do so you resigned and and what 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 you do next so I, I started a security company. I started doing consulting, teaching, evasive driving, shooting, surveillance detection, wow. mm. all that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, and one of the reasons I moved out to Utah is we have 320 acres where we do all our training. Okay. And I, I certainly couldn't have afforded 320 acres anywhere near the D.C. area. Yeah, cool. Um, Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah, so it's now we do we have executive protection. We do bodyguard work for celebrities. We do private security work. So pretty much a lot of the same things that I learned at the agency. OK. All right. So you do uh, protection for uh, celebrities, did you say? Correct. Yes. Any, did you any, do anything for the Rolling Stones? No, we've done many, uh, many. And I guess I can name some of the groups. But no, we have not. We've not done the Rolling Stones. All right. Name some of the groups. Well, uh, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, they're, oh, really? uh, yeah, yeah, done a lot of a lot of work for them. Okay. Um, no, 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 not Rage Against the Machine. Now I've gotten so many. Excuse me, Corn. Corn. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah now I'm getting confused. I um, make some up some, too. some 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 music stars like, uh, and again, I I now I manage the work, but Brad Paisley, I know he's a big country star. Oh, sure. Great guitar yeah. player. We've done some protection work for. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did Trump before Trump was president. Okay. All right. Yes. So, yeah, a little bit. Some of them were well-known, and then some of them were just rich guys. Nobody knows who they exist. Okay, okay, like X. So, in other words, so uh, do you are you with them all day, or do you, uh, you know, they say, I'm going out, I need some security, and you, you just kind of watch their back when they're out? It really depends. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all case by case because, you know, when, you, when you're doing executive protection in the government, it's, you know, 24-7, they're never alone, you have a huge crew. Right. In the private sector, it's totally different because your customer tells you what they want. Yep, sure. uh, Okay. So, like, 
for instance, we had a, a billionaire going over to Europe and he just wanted one guy to follow everybody or follow his family in plain clothes yep. to just watch out for him. So it's, yeah, whatever they request. Right. Yeah, sure. Okay. And, and you know, when, when you're on a situation like that, I mean, do you ever, do they ever run into trouble? Do these celebrities ever, ever need your assistance or is it just good that you are there? I mean, really, the only thing is some annoying fan, meaning they'll like they'll signal us because we have a certain signal with every celebrity and they'll say, like, get this guy away from me or I'm ready to go. Or, um, But thankfully, nothing like one crazy one. out of this world. Yes. OK. What's the signal? So we'll know in the future. They rub their nose or something? <laughs> Maybe they like scratch their head or something. OK. And All then right. I let you know a certain way they scratch their head or they yep. itch their ear. Yes. that Hey, I'm ready to go and get this guy away from me. Wow. Wow. And then what do you do? Just hustle them away? Yeah, yeah, just, you know, you play the bad guy, like, hey, it's time to go, Mrs. Right. Smith, or whatever it is, you know, let's go, and you just pull them away and get them out of there. Just slap them around, uh, teach them a lesson? Or... <laughs> I don't think we'd have a job very long okay. if we did that. Okay. So there's, uh, so you think schmucks like us could uh, be successful in your schools and actually graduate and get a real job doing it? <laughs> so what? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I go that I'm, far. I'm, inter- <laughs> I'm interested. It, it, it now, but how, do shoot, how, how do you shoot a gun? How are your uh, shooting skills? Yeah, we know how to do that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever have you I ever rammed a roadblock? Because you know we teach people how to ram through cars and crash through roadblocks. I've run a roadblock. Uh, those are skills we can use in Boston all the time. Yeah, right. Yeah. We grew up in Boston. Yeah. So I mean, you're perfect. You're hired. So uh, okay, we'd be great undercover because no one would I grew ever up think in the, we were in what they call the mean streets of Charlestown, right, Mac? Yeah, you got it. And so anyway, so listen. So bullets, left and right. okay, if you're looking for security people, give us a call. But anyway, so so when you do you interact at all with the uh, celebrity, or are you just you know I hate to say it, but are you just kind of like the hired help? So, for instance, we have a contract in Chicago with the Secret Service, so we're secondary, meaning if they're bringing in a high VIP. We're like secondary security. We're perimeter, meaning we're never going to talk to the principal. Okay. But if it's a smaller gig, um, then, yeah, we're interacting with them. Like mm-hmm. I said, we used to do Trump. I mean, my guy was right next to Trump, and if Trump wanted something, he'd say, you know, go do this, or, hey, that guy, I want him kicked out of the party kind of thing. Yes, right. Uh, sure. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. And, and I mean, are all, uh, of course, all celebrities I don't like, but I'm, I'm seeing some are nice people, some are kind of, you know, full of themselves, would you say? Yeah, most of them are actually quite down to earth and nice and don't have that big of an ego. Right. Um, so fortunately, we haven't run into many jerks. And if we did, we just wouldn't work with them again. Right. I can see like country stars being the most down to earth. You know, I can see Brad Paisley just being a regular guy, you know, where I'd like, yeah, I mean, that's like Taylor Swift. That's what I'd like to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Can you put him on yeah, that? I, detail? I can say all the country people have been well that we've worked with. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but you know. So. So. Uh, so. Anyway. So then, what gave you the idea to write the book? Well, I mean, I've I've been fortunate to use all my spy skills to build a successful business, and there really is no difference from recruiting someone to spy on behalf of the U.S. to build a business. It's the same cycle, the same selling, the same path. And so, you know, I, I do, even though we talk about how hard it is, like when I get the idea, I really want to write it. I really want to do it. So I enjoy the creative process of writing the books. Of course, it's harder when you're sitting down. So if I get an idea, I want to see it come to life. Right. Okay. Wow. That sounds like, you know, what I do every day and it sounds miserable. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, something. I, I mean, always thought you were a spy anyway, Matt. Uh, uh, yeah. Spy in the house of love. Some of the things you do. Um, 
you know, I mean, but at some point, you, you, you how did you approach um, Hoppe Collins about this? Well, one of my uh, one of my buddies at CIA has like a, a great saying that says, "Spies are the world's best salesmen." The only difference is we sell treason, you sell vacuums. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. So when you think about it, the way a spy goes in the the 32nd version is you've got to go to a foreign country and you've got to entice Boris to spy on the U.S., but it's a whole sales process to get him to betray his country. Okay, right. All right. Yes, yes. All right. Well, it's the same It's the same business process and the process, and it's the SADR cycle, the spotting, assessing, developing, and recruiting. Yes. And you can use it in every area of your life. So that was kind of my pitch to him, like, hey, listen, I – I, you know, I worked for the CIA. I know this process. I knew nothing about business, and I've been fortunate to build a seven-figure business now. Hmm. So let me show people kind of how you can apply spy tactics to your own life in the business world. Now, I should say that Sandy Chang is writing furiously, writing all this down. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Sandy Chang if I've got a deal for her. She needs to go back. She's got to, you know, find out her contacts and she can start spying for the U.S. Wow. Oh, that's okay, all that's she it. needs to hear. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, man. Goodbye, thirsty <laughs> whales. Uh, thirsty moose. Uh, well, anyway, so, um, well, all right. So so, uh, so you sit down, you write the book, you, know, you send it in, they vet it, you edit it, and so on and so forth. It's coming out June 4th. So, you know, other than being on this show, <clears throat> and what kind of uh, publicity do they have lined up? We've already got a, a lot. There's a bunch of different radios, podcasts. Um, Fox News just ran an article of mine two days ago about the book. Yes, yes. And uh, looks like I'm going to be on the Fox and Friends sometime next week or in two weeks. Wow, will you so mention us? We you, you mention yeah. you were on this show? Absolutely. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I love that show, Fox and Friends. I'll tell you what. Give us a signal, like you give the uh, you know, like the rock stars give us, and this is for you, <laughs> Mac. So we had one celebrity, and she would scratch her eye just above her eyebrow with her thumb oh, yeah, if okay. she wanted to get out there. So I'll scratch my eyebrow okay. with my thumb okay. for you guys. Oh, that's good. Okay. Now I can watch Fox and Friends with the sound up. You know, I usually watch with the sound down. I can only make. I got to talk to you about that. Um, so uh, anyway, so well, that be when now. Will you be nervous when you're on TV when you're on Fox and Friends? Would you be? Do you get stage fright? No, I don't, just because, one, I don't get stage fright, and I've been very fortunate to do a ton of PR, so I've already been Fox and Friends a couple of times. Okay. And, um, so, yeah, I, I've, I've done a lot of TV shows in the past. Right. Okay. All right. So it, it's, But it's a weird experience, though, isn't it? Because it, it seems a little unreal. Well, yeah, I mean, it's very fast-paced. I mean, right. they shove you in there, you've got about three to four minutes, and then they get you right out. So right. Yep. You, you've got to move very quickly. Yep. But when you watch it on TV, everything looks relaxed. But once the camera's off, it's like, okay, goodbye. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a very hectic pace in any, any uh, TV studio. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you mentioned that uh, you know being in the CIA is like a single man's job, right? Correct. Okay. So one of the questions that we had from the fans is, is it easy to, you know, is it easier to, you know, meet women in bars if you work for the CIA? Can you tell them who you work for? No, and that's a huge problem. That's what I tell everybody. I was single. But if I'm out and about, it's not like I can be like, hey, baby, I work for the CIA. Okay. So since you can't tell anybody, it does you no good. Okay. Right. They'd be calling the police on you anyway, knowing you're full of crap. 
Right, right, yeah, they think you're nuts anyways. Sandy Chang, has anyone ever tried to come on to you in a bar saying they work for the CIA? No, never. Okay, good. All right, good. That's good to know. So Next time you can try that, Okay. Matt. Only a couple good of people see their own Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show. Okay. Wow, wait. I may just go <laughs> right happened, home. That happened to her a few weeks ago. All right. I may just go right home tonight. So, so is it true that CIA people work for the CIA do not carry CIA ID? Well, it depends what they do. You know, there's a lot of different jobs there. It depends if you're stateside. I mean, obviously, if you're overseas, you're not going to have anything like that. Um, but if you've got a stateside job at headquarters, you're going to have a certain set of credentials okay. because you've got to go places, go to other government buildings in D.C. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's case by case. So it's something that you would carry in your wallet? Yeah, yeah. It'd just be like, uh, it'd be either a card or a set of credentials similar to like, you know, FBI credentials kind of thing. Okay. So if you got stopped like for speeding food with the cops, you ever just kind of, you know, oh, uh, sorry, that's my CIA card. <laughs> I'm on a special mission. Yeah, yeah you would. You would I, in in the U.S., yes, absolutely. Really? Yeah. That. Okay. All right. I like it. Yeah. Next time we're going to try that. Okay. <laughs> so, so, and that will get you out of a speeding ticket, you know, when they see. Well, I mean. You try. I mean, yeah. you know, obviously the officer can do whatever he wants, but yeah, sure, you you, you don't want to get a ticket just like anybody else. Okay, right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's expensive. And it, but if he gives you a ticket, is there some way you can get back at him revenge wise? <laughs> Not legally. Okay, well, I didn't ask that. Okay. So so uh, so, are you a married guy now? Can I ask? I am. Yes. Okay. And so, at what point did you, did your you know wife learn that you work for the CIA? When can you tell her? So. Well, no, so I met her after I left. Okay. And so after I left, it was fine. I could tell her. I mean, she obviously doesn't know nitty-gritty details. Right. Um, but, yeah, she she I didn't know her at all when I was with the agency. Okay. All right. And, 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 you know, did you tell her on the first date or what, did you wait a while? I think I waited a while. I don't even remember when it came up. Okay, right. Um, so, yeah, I have no idea when mm-hmm. I actually told her. I'd mention it on the first date, you know? Why not, right? Why not just let it all hang out there? I'm Go for it. Yeah, sure. I used to be a spy, why not, right? So, <laughs> and, 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 you know, what does she think of all this? You know, I mean, you're you're still connected, you know. You know, I mean, you work for the agency. You're still in the security business. You've written a book about the agency. What's her opinion of all this? I mean, she loves what we do. But remember, because she's my wife and she's so close to it, it's yep. very unimpressive to her. Right. Meaning yes. it, doesn't, it doesn't excite her. She doesn't think it's cool. You know, I'm, I'm just her husband, and I need to be changing the baby's diaper oh, or you know, okay. doing whatever right. needs to be done. Okay. All right. And um, uh, when, when, you, when you, you have children, so at some point, are you going to tell them what you did, or are they just going to find out? I mean, I think they'll just find out. I mean, they because they're – I mean, my, my oldest is six, and I have four kids. Okay. So, wow. you know, they know I have all these toys. They know I teach people how to escape duct tape and pick locks. Okay. Um, but I don't think they know why. I mean, they have no reason why dad is walking around with lock picking tools and all that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. Listen, just while we're on the subject, how do you get Escaping out of Escaping duct tape. That's a yeah, skill to say, Yeah. How do you get out of the duct tape, by the way, just oh, in case man. we need that? I mean, it, it's hard to explain unless I'm showing you in person, but duct tape is the number one way people are kidnapped all over the world. Okay. So... They duct tape your hands. They duct tape you to a chair during a home invasion. They duct tape your feet. Yes. But there's always an angle to escape. Like I could fully duct tape you, yes. and you could be out in mere seconds. Yes, yes. Okay, I've so seen that on a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, it's okay. Great. Don't bring up that hack. Listen. So how do? You, but how do you do it? What? How, how do you do it? What kind of? Can you give us a, a tip just in case it happens to us later tonight? Well, I mean, I, I can give it to you, but again, because you're not watching. I mean, if if somebody duct tapes a bunch of duct tape around your wrist, yes. 
what you got to do is you got to put your hands high above your head okay. and then immediately pull down hard while separating your hands as if you're elbowing somebody from behind. Okay. So pretend your hands at the top are like a church steeple and then quickly mm-hmm. pull apart that steeple okay. and yeah. that will allow you to escape. That will, that will, will that rip the uh, tape or does it pull the tape off your hands, you mean? No, it rips the tape. You'll oh. cut right through that tape in half. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Good to know, right, X? Does that work with tie wraps, too? <laughs> how about it tie does. wraps? Yeah, Actually, really. we, we, I teach people how to escape zip ties, too. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Okay. We might have to hire you for uh, Trio Security, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure your rates are good. Can, you, so, can we put you on retainer, Jason? What would be your fee for that? So, um, Expensive. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> wow. Wow. Wait. <laughs> There's the bucket of cold water. So, um, so uh, you know, do you have any plans? Uh, do you have any more plans? To, are you going to write a sequel to the book? Have they already you talked know, to you? I've got like five different book ideas, and I'm not sure which one's going to pan out and I want to do. But, yes, I do plan to write another book. Wow. Okay. Wow, man. I'm, I'm, this is what I go through every day. I got five ideas, but I just don't know which one's going to pan out. So are you nonfiction? Or would you ever write a fiction book? I don't think I'm a fiction guy. All my books are nonfiction, so I think that's where I'm going to stick. Okay. All right. And um, so you're listening to Macaloni's Milk Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We're talking to Jason Hansen, formerly of the CIA, and he has a new book out on two. Um, you know, give the title again, please, Jason, and the subtitle. It is Agent of Influence, How to Use Spy Skills to Persuade Anyone, Sell Anything, and Build a Successful Business. Okay, so is that does that come into when you're talking about business? Uh, and Sandy Chang is a you, – you have an MBA, don't you, Sandy? Yep. Okay. So, uh, you know, does this type of thing come into – like, let's say for negotiations, right? Let's say all I can think of is like a sports star negotiating with a team and there are millions of dollars on the table. I mean, you just, you know, you're going to, they're going to give you a number. You want a number. Doesn't everyone just always try to meet in the middle? No, I mean, you, you want to use this for negotiations because you can detect lies. You can detect body language. Um, you find out what the real hot button is. If you've done deep, deep research, you know what they're willing to do or what they're really motivating them. So, You've got to dig down deep to figure out kind of what the key thing is that that is going to close the deal. Mm-hmm. So, you, in other words, you have to you have to like do intelligence on them before you even go in the room. Yeah, yeah, correct. You've got to know you've got to know the deal better than them because I mean, I'll give you an example. So, why do you think the number one reason that people spy for the U.S. is? A spy for the U.S. Yeah, yeah. If I'm going overseas to China right. and Sandy's going to spy for me, why do you think the number one reason that people do it? Is it for, uh, I don't know, the prestige. It can't the be for the money. Well, when Americans uh, spy, it's for the money. But the main reason people overseas do it is education for their children. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay, so in other words... Overseas. Why do they spy? They can just send their children here for education properly. Not in a lot of dumpy countries around the world where there's no opportunity, where they don't have a lot of money, or their communist government will let them out. Well, he's so. Obviously, not talking about China, but you know, are we talking like Bangladesh or someplace like that? When you say dumpy countries, yeah, yeah, third world countries okay. where there's really no opportunity, and they right. want their kids to have a real education. So, so the idea oh. then is mm. is that okay? The the deal is you spy for us against your country and we will give your kids a better life a better education yeah that's kind of in a nutshell okay all right okay and 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 it works out like that i mean they that's that's the uh golden fleece for them in other words right that's the holy grail 
for many people. I mean, everybody's got a different, I call them hot buttons, but right. that is a lot of people. So you've got to figure out what is the hot button. Is it, I mean, I can tell you in Japan, a lot of guys got mistresses and they just want money for their mistresses. So that's their hot button. So you just got to figure out what it is. Well, it must be expensive then. So, uh, but but the idea, doesn't it take a lot? You know, I don't know. It would, it would t- I can't tell you what it would take for me to spy against the United States. And I'm, I'm not the most loyal you know, I'm you know I'm like an old hippie. You know? I can I'm, buy you. You, know, you can buy me. All right, Cindy. Yes, okay. Wow. Wait till we get off the air for that. So, but you know what I mean. I, I think it would take a long time for. I don't. I can't even tell you what it would take for me to spy against the United States. Yet people do it all the time. People in the CIA and the FBI have done it. Well, there was a, there was a guy just two weeks ago, ex CIA, and. He was – it was China, of course. Oh, um, I'm sorry, he, 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 he no, just got sentenced, rich, I think, 20 years. So we can buy everyone. He got sentenced to 20 years in prison. It doesn't matter. We can buy them very okay. easily. As can the Mexican cartels, okay, by ahead. the way, okay. who have more money no than China. Now we're really getting into it. Okay, yes, go ahead, please. He got 20 years for spying against us. And he only got paid twenty five thousand bucks. See, that's so, what I so, Yeah, that's well, what I don't understand. To, oh, I can still buy you, Matt. Well, remember who? <laughs> wow, come over here. Why are you on that microphone? You should come over here if you can. So listen. So, but even that guy, Robin Hanson, right? He was FBI. Um, yep. uh, who's the other guy? Um, it was uh, Aldrich Ames? Aldrich Ames, was a CIA okay, guy right. Right. in the eighties, I believe. But they really went down for very, very low money. It was like twenty grand or something like that, even though it was back in the eighties, right? So no one ever does it for millions, right? No, I mean there was somebody. I think they got one million or two, but yeah, it's never, never gigantic sums. I mean, what happens is these idiots usually start spending it, and they get caught early enough that they haven't gotten the full payout. Right. One of those guys, and I just happened to write about him. I think it was probably uh, Hanson. The way he got caught was he bought not one but two sailboats. And people would say, you know, what are you doing with one sailboat? Why would you have two? And, you know, that's where, you know, they got on their, his finances and stuff like that. And then, you know, he's taking trips and so on. And, and they finally just found out that he was said he was going to one country and he wound up in another and they were, ch- they were following him. And, you know, that's how they arrested him. But, it, but it, it took a while to ferret him out, you know. It should not have, right? But I mean, it took. That's what's of, called undue affluence. Yeah, but that, that. But yeah, right. There was a lot of stuff that he actually kind of blocked his own investigation. But it took them a long time to gather enough evidence to really kind of, um, you know, to kind of nail him on the charges. And I can understand that you have to be like really, really careful. You know. Well, I mean, yeah, it's really tough. Prosecutors need to have a ton of evidence, mm-hmm. or else they're not going to do it. But at the same time, if you tip the guy off that you're investigating him, he's just going to flee to that country that's paying him. Right. So yeah, sure. right. you've got to be very careful. Right. Uh, we're talking to Jason Hansen, who was a, a former employee of the CIA. And uh, I just got a few more um, you know, questions uh, from the audience. And, um, you know, what about what is your relation? What is the CIA's relationship with the FBI? <laughs> that's a good question. Okay, all right. um, if, if I had to guess, you know that uh, the you know it's a it's a love hate relationship. Meaning, of course, this the CIA thinks the FBI are a bunch of knuckleheads a lot of the time, and okay. the FBI thinks the CIA are a bunch of knuckleheads. Yes, yes. Um, Jason, yes. But it, 
but it's because they do two different things. Meaning I've got plenty of buddies who are FBI agents and you know, they're a law enforcement angle. They have laws they have to abide by in the, in the U S whereas when you go overseas for the agency, it's the wild West, meaning you don't have to obey any, you know, any laws. There's no fourth amendment. There's no, you know, there's no amendments or anything. So it's just, they're, they're two totally different worlds. So what can you tell us that the CAA does that, you know, we would be surprised in? I know that, you know, a lot of it is, as you say, surveillance. A lot of it is, in, in, you know, gathering intelligence from, you know, people who are informers and also radio intelligence and so on and so forth, right? I mean, but, but what do you do that we'd be surprised? Or do we know it all? I mean, you know it all from the 30,000-foot the view because the job is to – gather intelligence, go recruit people who work in other countries to give you intelligence okay. and to make the country safe. So I think, you know, I think it, how it changed after September 11th was the paramilitary role. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a lot more paramilitary guys over in Afghanistan, Iraq, et cetera, places like that. Right. Do they waterboard anybody? Well, who said that? One, one. <laughs> I, you know what? I your guess is as good as mine. How about that? How about that? Hey, Switch, you I'll must have a question. What's wrong with waterboarding anyway? Switchy, do you have a question? Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, the CIA has no jurisdiction in the U.S. Uh, it's always overseas, or are there exceptions to that? Well, there's exceptions to every rule. So there's the what are they? The FISA warrants. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So there's things like that, and you know that's a rabbit hole to go down to. But yeah, overall, the the CIA has no jurisdiction in the U.S. The FBI does. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, all right. And in in your time with the CIA, did you spend most of your time overseas? Can you tell so me? So I was, I, I mean, I was based out of headquarters in Langley. Okay. Um, um, and yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. You know, it, it's funny because I've seen, you know, just on the news, you know, every once in a while they'll do like a news report on the CIA, the actual Langley headquarters. This is in Langley, Virginia, is where the CIA is headquarters. Is that where the NSA is too? Who's the NSA? They're in Fort Meade. Yeah, Fort Meade, right. Maryland. Maryland. is. And, okay. yeah. It's all in the same neighborhood. But you go in there and there's a, there's a statue of Nathan Hale. And but also there's isn't there a wall there that they carve in the name of every CIA agent who has died in the line of duty? Yeah, there's a wall of stars. So there's okay. a black star for every yeah every CIA officer who's died. Okay, and I, I mean I remember seeing it. I don't know what the exact number is. I said, wow, there's a lot of people you you you, you don't know died in the service. Of the yeah, I mean I I honestly don't know what the number is today, right. but yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of people. It's a lot more than you would ever think, right? Yeah, some of their families still don't even know the real reason. You know, some of them are still classified. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, is that right? So, so even if the the cause of death is classified, they cannot even tell the family members. I mean, and it, it depends. They might know just, hey, you know, he worked for the CIA and he died. But mm-hmm. if it's still, you know, such an important office still going, they they can't tell them the exact reason. Right. Okay. And I suppose that they they would be prepared for something like that. Yeah, because, you know, you're allowed to tell your close family members. So you can't, you know, go wave a flag or tell the girl you're on a date with. Right. But, yeah, your your close family members, they may not know where you're going or exactly what you do, but they do know you work for the agency. Right. Okay. Uh, Do you do do you ever have any social functions where, you know, the wives and families would all get together? Well, I mean, again, I was single at the time. Um, So the, the funny thing is when you're out and about like you if you bump into somebody, you can't say hello to them because then if other people are around, they're like, how do you know Smite? Oh, wow. You can't be like, oh, we work together. So, yeah, good point. Okay. You know, there were, 
there were instances where I'd go to like an Applebee's restaurant in Northern Virginia yes. and run into somebody I knew and we just walk right past each other wow. because, you know, other people were around and it wouldn't make sense for us to know each other. Okay, uh, Exit has something to say. Yeah, I just want to make a comment. Uh, you mentioned earlier about the paramilitary members of DO and I, I'm here to tell you, those guys are real American heroes. The guys, the CIA guys who went over Afghanistan after 9 yeah, the, stuff. The, yeah, the, the operators. They are, uh, which may, is kind of ironic considering that Johnny Walker just got let out. I know, I can't believe that. The Jeez. guy who started the whiskey, Johnny Walker Red? No, <laughs> Johnny Walker Lind. It, it's just, he got out? Released from jail. I don't watch the news, so I don't know. Yeah, he he got out. Really? Yeah. He got out years well, early. Why would they let him go? Don't ask me. They, I, I mean, I read it. They said they let him go for good behavior, but I mean, anybody who betrays this <laughs> wow. country should be in prison for life. Wow! Wow! I, I had no idea that, that. I thought that guy was locked up for life. For you know, he was at the, what was that prison, man? Ever see that story about the two CIA? You must have seen that the two CIA guys were at the prison in, in Afghanistan, and they were you know it was like them and like two thousand prisoners, yeah. you know. And oh man, what a mess that was! And one of them died, and, and that's where they caught that guy. And he turns out he's a surf guy from California or something. He's a scumbag. Yeah. So I can't believe they let that guy go. Is there any chance that they might have? You know, just drained a lot of intelligence out of him, and that's the good behavior? You know, I mean, obviously, they try and get as much intel as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I have no idea yeah, why right. he really got out. Right. So I, I just want to remind everyone you're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exodus Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Um, our guest tonight is Jason Hansen, who uh, formerly worked for the CIA, and that's what we're talking about tonight. He has a book out on, you know, how to use your CIA, you know, what he's learned in the CIA, you know, in business strategies and so and so on and so forth, and how if you're in negotiating with people, that there's a way that you can, you know, kind of you know, see their hot points. And you, and you said also they have like facial features, uh, uh, facial. Uh, not ticks, but you know, tells as they would say in poker, right? You're always going to kind of keep an eye out for things like that. Yeah, I mean, everybody has a, a, a tell, and everybody has facial expressions. So yeah, you want to pay attention to body language because okay. it'll tell you a lot. Right. What is? Uh, I'm seeing a lot of body language right now. Sandy is kicking at X. Is the CIA calling us right now? So, so what you know when you say everyone has a tell, but what what's a common tell? I know they say when people aren't telling the truth, they'll they'll touch their nose or their chin or something. I mean, everybody's actually different, so that's what you got to find out. I mean, in training, we would do training so that I could see what your tell is. Meaning, I'd put you in a, a training situation, okay. and it may be scratching the back of your neck. It okay. may be you know putting your hands through your hair. Maybe you just looking down uncomfortably. Right. So everybody's different, but yeah, you've got to figure out what that tell is so you can try and counteract it. Mm-hmm. And is it in to counteract it is it something that you do with your body language or is it something that you might say to them? Well, you I mean if you were going in an uncomfortable situation and your tell was you scratched the back of your neck, right. you would actually want to start that ahead of time before it got uncomfortable. So Let's say I was going over to China and I knew I was being watched. Um, Just in case I got pulled into secondary at the airport, as soon as I get off the plane, I'd scratch my neck. I mean, I would just make it look normal. Okay. That way it didn't stick out when I was in an uncomfortable place. Right, right. Okay. All right. Um, So another thing. So when you were with the CIA and and you were single and so on, but uh, you would meet people on social, you know, uh, occasions, I'm assuming. What did you tell them you did? 
you know, you just, you're the old, what they tell you is just be boring. So I'd say, oh, I did marketing, okay. you know, or, you know, you, do, you obviously got to do something, you know, school. you can't say I'm a pilot because <laughs> right. I don't know the first thing about flying a plane. Okay. Yep. Um, just, yeah, just say something that they're not going to ask a lot of questions. And the old joke is if somebody asks you what you do for your, for a living, say you work for the IRS. Okay. Well, there's a boring job. Okay. All right. But that's actually a good idea because then- <laughs> It's a good way to make a lot of enemies, yeah, too. It, 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 <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. But you're connected in some way to the government so you can at least keep up a conversation. Right. But then nobody wants to ask you any more questions right, because nobody <laughs> wow. wants to know about your job. So I can remember up. that. Okay. <laughs> um, that's the card to pull out if you get a speed, you know, if you get stopped for speeding, right? <laughs> so, um, so uh, we we talked about you know what your next book might be, even though this one is coming out June fourth. Um, you know, did they? You know how every a uh, lot of contracts you have to give them, you know, the right of first refusal. Has yeah. has anything you know crossed your mind yet, or I might have asked this no, question I mean, before. Yeah, I mean, that, just because this book doesn't come out till next week, nothing is like solid enough across my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I have no idea what I'm gonna what I'm gonna pitch to him as my next book yet. Did you uh, did you meet the deadline or were you late? No, we met the deadline because oh, every book dang. I write has to be reviewed by the CIA. Okay, yep, and. Sure. That can take months. So we build in extra time because I have to send it to the PRB, which is the Publication Review Board of the CIA. And then they redact a bunch of pages and you have to go back and say, well, what if I say this instead of this? And so it's a I think this time it took around six months to get it finished. Really? Yeah. And, and when, oh. you, when you sent the the uh, the first draft into them, let's say, how much did they redact? Not much because this is my third book. I know very well, you know, majority of the time what I'm allowed to say. Okay. So in this current book, it was only about five pages that got redacted. Okay. All right. And and did that make sense to you that they would take that stuff out? Was it a surprise? Some of it was. And then some of it I was like, wait a minute, why are you redacting that? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, some of it I thought might get redacted. Other words, I you know, other ones I just had no idea why. Right, and then, but you're in a position of negotiating with them. How about if I change it to this and that? Yeah, because you know, if the if you use a certain phrase, like what if I say this word, or maybe you know, if I use a country, what if I say okay, what if I don't name the country? What if I say somewhere in Europe? Right, you know, will you allow me to do that? So those are the kind of things you go back and forth on. Okay, wouldn't it be cool in a way if the publisher just actually? Publish the redacted pages and just put you know black over them. You know, isn't that a little more <laughs> intriguing? Know, I, I thought about that, but the agency doesn't like that, and I want to stay on their good side right. because you know the, I do a lot of work with them, sending stuff to them. Sure. You know, they so I, I don't want to tick them off. Right, right. No, that's actually I'm sure a good policy. So, uh, did they? You know, how do you approach them? I mean, you've done three books. Were the first two books about uh, CIA as well? Yeah, and sorry, you broke up right when you were asking okay. that question. So, you so vanished for a second. You've done three books. It's almost like they're listening in on us. You've done three books. Uh, have they all been about the CIA, the first two, were they? Yeah, they, they've all been spy-related books. So, yeah, they, anything I write that has to do with agency or talking about agency operations. Um, so, yeah, e- each book I get less and less things redacted because I know what I'm not allowed to say. Okay. So how do you approach them You know, in the first place? You just say, I'm a former employee. I've written a book. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's literally, it's not super exciting. Mm-hmm. You 
you uh, you have this special email address of the people who review it. You have to send them the manuscript. Okay. And you say, you know, hey, here's my name. I was an agency employee from here to here. Mm-hmm. And this book is being published by HarperCollins. You know, please let me review it and let me know if you have any questions. Right. But do they look at you as being, you know, kind of a pain in the ass in a way? Well, probably because there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of ex-agency officers who write books. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so they have to deal with all of it and I know, you know, I've heard stories of some of the guys getting big fights with them, but I've never had a problem. Mm-hmm. It's always been an easy process for me. Well, see, that's it, and it's funny because you say not funny, but it's it's enlightening to hear you say, "Well, now I know what what I can write and what I cannot write." You know, and you just you kind of just you know you you see their point of view and why bother put it in. Yeah, I mean, they put it this way: they they have a lot more money than I do, so if they want to cause me problems, you know, they've got they a limited it. budget, so it's it's not a fight worth fighting after. Mm-hmm. Okay, hey, you're listening to Mac Maloney's Mill Track Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We're talking to Jason Hansen, who is a former employee of the CIA. We're talking a lot. Uh, tonight about the CIA, I should say that on the phone with us is uh, Wong Wan uh, up in his uh, bunker. He yeah, used to I, work got, for, I got a cool question for okay. Jason. He used to work in so. anti-submarine warfare down in Gitmo. He used to be in That's Gitmo, right. Jason. We've Gitmo. Been, we've been suspected. We suspected him ever since Strain, he came back. Uh, my base was Little Creek, Virginia, but we deployed in Gitmo. Go ahead. What's your question there, JJ? Question was that uh, I was reading that he has a one-man show live on the Strip in Las Vegas at the Stratosphere no, Hotel no. Theater called. Spy, escape, and evasion. Is this like a Houdini kind of thing? What, no, what's up with yeah, so, that? In Vegas? Yeah, yeah, so the, uh, you know, so yeah, the show's over. It was a limited engagement. I did, uh, what was it last year? Okay. Two years ago now? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was like a, it was like a 60-minute stage show where I went out and showed him how to escape duct tape and wow. how to escape and brought people up on stage. So yeah, I was, I was the magician who did no magic tricks. Wow, okay. And how long were you, were you like in a residency there? Yeah, I did it for about four months, okay. and I went down because I live two and a half hours north of Las Vegas. Okay, so I went down and did every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. And hey, I'm up for adventures, and it was certainly something I never thought I'd do. Yeah, I'll bet. Okay, he opened for Celine Dion. No, <laughs> did you really? What's she like? Is she as special oh, as everyone said she is? Did you? I mean, it wasn't like that. Were you opening Cirque for people? Soleil. Okay. I mean, you. So you were in you were in Vegas. I mean, you must run into all kinds of people out there. I mean, Vegas is not a place I'd want to live. Put it that. I mean, if there's hucksters and con men and everything, Vegas has them. Right. Okay. Did you do any gambling? You're, talk, you're talking about Vegas, the Strip. Well, Vegas, the outlying town, is not too bad. Well, you know, <laughs> been there. You're talking about Henderson, Nevada. We, did you do you gamble when you go there? Does that um, you know attract you at all? No, it doesn't. I don't gamble at all. So it doesn't attract. I mean, I like I like odds to be in my favor when I'm going to do any gambling or do something. Yes. And the odds are never in my favor. No, so right. I don't okay. want to do it. <laughs> That's why they call it gambling. But I mean, were you able to enjoy the, the like the nightlife or whatever? Or does it get to be a drag? I know people who were um, stationed at Nellis Air Force Base, for instance, which is the big Air Force Base near Las Vegas. And, you know, they were just airmen working for the Air Force. And they say, well, we used to go down the strip like every night for about two months. And then after a while, it's like it's too expensive. And it gets to be kind of boring in a way, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big party animal myself. So I, you know, I, and I've got companies to run. So I would be working all day, go to this stage show, finish work at night and go to sleep. Okay. Um, plus, I'm married and I got four kids. So, yeah, I'm not going out on the town. Yeah, to right. Okay, or yeah. Well, anything like that. That's a good place to stay in, you know, when you're not uh, working. 
Uh, Sandy Chang, do you have a uh, question for? Uh, no, yeah, I'm good. Turn, turn that microphone around. Uh, no, I'm good. Okay, all right. Once again, it seems like she's taking it all down somehow. <laughs> so great, great to have this discussion, though. Right. Thank you. Okay, so um, if there's a way to redact the radio show, we'll find out, right? So, we, <laughs> will we have to send this to anyone? No, no, I, not, nothing classified in this one. We're good okay. to go. This might be, you know, a little bit of a. Um, I don't know. What What do you think, uh, Area 51, any connection at all? You know, I know as much about Area 51 as you do, mm-hmm. meaning I have no idea about CI involvement or any of that. Anything I'd say would be pure speculation. Right. I mean, basically, they're just testing, like, top secret airplanes out there. That's basically what they do. And everything and else is kind of As far as I know, yes. Okay. All right. And um, Oh, I hate to. Be, I mean, do they ever? Do you have to go through like a history of the um, of of the CIA? I mean, do, do they ever bring up stuff like the Bay of Pigs and Benghazi and stuff like that? I mean, you research it, and you can obviously read all the read the stuff. There's a library in the CIA where you can go read all you know kinds of things about operations. Okay. Um, so you try and learn from it, but like, is there a class that I took where you sat there and just learned every about the CIA? No, there was no class that I ended up taking like that. Now you went to college before this, right? I did. I was in college, and then my very first job was a police officer, and then I joined the agency. Okay, what did you go to college for, if you don't mind me asking? Is this something that led to this? It, it, it didn't, <laughs> truthfully. I had a bachelor's of business administration. Oh wow! So okay, all right. That that was it. Okay, that's what uh, Sandy Chang has, right? Okay, so you do have something in common. So, I mean, it, it, did it help you at all? I mean, it, this is kind of a business book, so it must have helped you somehow or other. Yeah, I mean, what, what as far as the CIA, like, most people are applying like I did, meaning the vast, vast majority, 99% or whatever. Okay. So, uh, you know, the, the few people who are recruited either speak, you know, a certain language or, you know, genius IQ or – they have some certain skill set, but most of us average Joes just apply like everybody else. Right. Okay. All right. Jason, so, yes. uh, listen, Jason, thanks for joining us, uh, and thanks for rolling with us. Um, please just uh, tell people the name of your book again. Sure. It's called Agent of Influence, How to Use Spy Skills to Persuade Anyone, Sell Anything, and Build a Successful Business. Okay. And now that's going to come out June 4th. And, and you know, just go to Amazon.com is probably the best, most convenient place to buy it, right? Correct. Any major bookseller. Okay. And when are you going to be on Fox and Friends and give us that secret signal? So I, it's, I hopefully sometime next week. It's not confirmed yet. Okay. So I, as I said, I just wrote the article for Fox News two days ago that did well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't have a date yet, are you Are they flying you in? So uh, Harper Collins will be flying me in. Oh, wow. Okay. So send us a tickler email <laughs> yeah, right. to the show. I'm sure he will. Well, we'll, then, we'll all be watching. I'm sure Sandy Chang will be watching, too, in Chang. <laughs> so listen, uh, let's please give uh, Jason a round of applause, if you don't mind. Thank you, guys. Okay. Thanks Excellent. a lot for good joining game. us. And, uh, you know, good luck with the book, okay? And uh, stay in touch with me, Will, too. And, um, you know, thanks for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate okay. it, Mac. Okay. There we go, Jason. Hanson, come on, Thanks one so more much, time, Jason. please, one more time. That's very good. Thank you. Thank you. He's a writer, and um, the Brotherhood of the Miserable is what they call it. So, listen, oh, why don't we? Uh, sounds, like, sounds like he had his uh, had it all together. And yeah, right, right. Just, just got to go through a long process, you know. I don't think I have the um, I don't know the attention span to go through what some of those guys have to go through. 
you know. Here's the stress out That's over the you write fiction. questions and tests. Thank you, X. Um, so listen, uh, well, what quite a, quite a show we've had tonight. <clears throat> Let's review. First of all, we would like to thank. Uh, who do we thank for us? Why don't we thank uh, Jason Hansen, who just joined us from the CIA? I have a feeling that he's not going to be back. What do you say? You want to win the over-under on this? No, I think he'll be back. I don't think so. If he's on well, Fox I and would, Friends, he's well, not going to be, be back. But he was a good guy. I'm glad that we had him on. Okay? Yeah, definitely. Uh, also, thank you, uh, uh, Switcheroonie, for uh, joining us. I don't know. If Thanks for reason. having me. Uh, thank you, X, for being here. Thank you to Megan Reagan of the Stabby Galley for doing uh, 10 questions for uh, for one one. Sandy Chang, thank you for joining us. How are we ever going to thank you? Thank thank you, you, Sandy. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, It's been really crazy, uh, but in a a nice way. And um, X, I've already thanked you, right? Correct? You have. Thank you. Okay. All right. And um, so, and thank you, Juan Juan, for calling in tonight. You're welcome. Okay. Hope you are getting better soon. There we go. So, um, I know John Keel from the, uh, predominantly from the Mothman Prophecies, but he wrote an article on uh, mysterious radio signals and not necessarily from outer space because we don't really know the origin of some of these. But he said that, uh, you know, mysterious, ever since there's been radio, uh, 